Christy is praying for the sweet release of death. <laughs> that, that bit's not a direct quote. Not a direct quote, but it's heavily implied, I think. Welcome to the podcast at Dawn's House, because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife. And today we are talking about Babysitter's Club, book 45, Christy and the Baby Parade. Um, I did not read this as a kid. Uh, we're getting like way out of what my local library had, I think, when I was a kid. Um, what about you guys? I think we're past, I can only, I only know of one book. Uh, book now from here on in that I did um, that I have read oh, wow. that we have not covered so we are well out of my um, comfort zone now I, we left my comfort zone with book 20 guys, so. <laughs> I have read one book that is in the future maybe two hmm. yeah I've read three more at least and I think maybe four or even five but they're very very scattered I'm pretty confident I've only read two other of the books. So, mm. so no, I, I have not read this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. We all came to it fresh. I mean, fresh, but it is an archetypal um, if, what if illegal daycare or more accurately unlicensed daycare, um, but on wheels, a random thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a cross between the illegal daycare and the um, it's 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 reminds me of the foolish competition yeah genre, but it's not a competition exactly. Like they're not yeah. in competition with each other; it's against other people, and it's still a terrible idea. I was expecting they would all end up in competition with each other, and they'd each sponsor a baby. I was quite pleased that that wasn't how it went. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It felt like it was going that way, but it also, to me, feels like a parody of those earlier books. Um, yes. It possibly, I, we can't discount the fact that Ellen Miles wrote this one, and so is generally a good time, but also is, I don't know, maybe retaining her sanity by slightly taking the piss out of stuff that happened in previous books. Um, yeah, I think that's a definite possibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some interesting twists on that genre um, yeah. that are going to happen, but like, um. For, for about 50% of this book, I was like, Ugh, I've, I've read this before. I don't want to do this again. Yeah. We know how this is going to go. Um, yeah. But it, it improved when, um, as Esther said, they all uh, were horribly humiliated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I just spent the entire book in the horrors, <laughs> like, anticipating the humiliation. The, the humiliation was, was good. That was some good humiliation. Yeah. I, I, uh, as a child, I would not have enjoyed that. But as an adult, I was like, I am ready for this. Um, I am kind of getting sick of all of these girls and their shit. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it because, but like, oh, no. I'm really. I was going to say, are we quitting the podcast? <laughs> Is this your announcement? I'm not, I'm not quitting the podcast. I'm not quitting the podcast. Um, but like, I'm just increasingly having <laughs> less time for them. <laughs> we have actually had some like anxious messages from listeners wondering if we are going to quit the podcast um, because Aww. we haven't been releasing as many episodes lately. So I do want to just say like we have no intention of quitting the podcast anytime soon. Uh, we are probably not going to get through every single book in the series, but like 
we've just been real busy the last while. This is not like... Yeah. It's, it's, it's been busy. Yeah. This is not a waning commitment to making fun of these books. <laughs> <laughs> we've just... No, no. We love them. We love this. It's like, you know, it turns out when there isn't a pandemic, it's harder to have free Saturday nights. Also, <laughs> turns out babies are a lot of work, guys. <laughs> like, spoilers for this book, but... Uh, <laughs> Yep. Babies are a lot of work, aren't you? We didn't have any very small kids when the, the thing started. So yes, the no, introduction we, of we didn't have any new, new newbie podcaster is uh, um, a big change. Yeah. <laughs> the junior member has ruined it for everyone. Um, Typical. As, as is, uh, that's probably a good segue into this book in which a bunch of babies ruin things for everybody. Good point. I mean, the first thing I have to say about this book was that I was a... Uh, I was really impressed that like Anne has finally left her robot babies <laughs> of Stony Brook. Yeah. These babies are peeing everywhere, nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. I'm reading. I'm wearing the top I went to sleep in last night because I was holding Fiek and his nappy flooded. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these these things happen um, like multiple times in this book. <laughs> oh yeah. I did think there was a lot of pee in the book. There's quite a lot of pee. They don't poo. They just pee. Yeah. We have, yeah. That's fair. Oh yeah, their nappies are yeah. wet all the time and they're like, oh, they're not comfortable in a yeah. wet diaper. Yeah. Not when it's uh, made of terry cloth and fastened with a safety pin as we are uh, informed. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, this was a blast from the past. Um, before we get into the details, I we have an embarrassment of covers this time. Mm. Because, so the ebook comes with like, a competent Hodges Swallow that actually does not show you what's happening in the book because he decided no. that he was not going to humiliate himself by painting their terrible <laughs> float. <laughs> I wish he had tried, though. So we've just got, like, Stace on a blonde and Christy and Claudia. It, it, it's Dawn. <laughs> she's um she's dressed in California casual, so can't be Stacey. I don't see any New York style there. I don't see any New York sophistic sophistication. That's like a t-shirt, cut off jeans and sneakers. Christy is wearing a fucking like office outfit. She's wearing like a tailored yellow. She's dressed as the granny. She's dressed as the old woman. But she doesn't look like a granny. She looks like a business lady. She looks like she should be holding a huge, huge cell phone. Yeah. And a portfolio. I have no idea. Um... And they're pushing three babies in their buggies, which, like, canonically does not happen in this book. And I think the baby on the right is meant to be Andrea in her, like, yeah. Queen Andrea float. And oh, Claudia is yeah, pushing yeah. her, which Claudia has nothing to do with. I'm looking at the 1996 reprint, which has everybody that's what, looking. That's what this yeah. is, yeah. Sorry, the, the other one is a Hodges Swallow as well, I think, and it shows Christy on the float. I have to say, it, apart from the fact that this shows something that never happened in the in the book... If you look at the crowd behind them, the crowd is all from the 1950s. There are men in full suits and ties. <laughs> I was just going to say that. The crowd is like looking forward to an era of post-war prosperity. Yeah, the crowd is like just Norman Rockwell background crowd. They're very unsettling. <laughs> the original cover is... I can't... It, if this is Hodges, this is like baby Hodges before he had learned to paint properly. I did read, actually it was something that you had said to me that like you had read like ages ago because you're like better than I am. Um, <laughs> but I did read that basically like like how their books were a lot more careful and then became quite slapdash. Hodges 
like covers also became a bit more Ryanair and a bit less <laughs> like yeah, Etihad is what <laughs> on. Yeah. Or whatever the good one is. I can't remember if that's not the good one. The original cover is is bad. It's got a sort of Magritte looking shoe house thing, which <clears> is <throat> way more competent than what's described in the book. Christy yeah. looks like a like sister wife from some kind of like terrifying <laughs> yes. sect. She looks like um oh god, uh the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She looks very like Kimmy <laughs> yes. Schmidt. When she was a sister wife in a terrifying sect. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was going to say she looks like the Instagrammer who's like a homesteader. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But one of the Christian ones. Except that she's actually having to live in the shoe. She's like, no, this is great. (laughs) It's it's just been such a good way to to connect with my husband and, you know, to understand what's really important in a marriage, which does not include, you know, toilets and stuff. (laughs) The crowds still look like they're from eras past. Crowd is still yeah, ported in from the 50s. Like, <laughs> nobody wears a, a, a jacket, a suit and tie to watch a parade <laughs> of babies <laughs> on a weekend, guys. What? Who is this person? I want to look professional for the babies. <laughs> no. They're so judgy babies. Like, they love to see a nice crisp shirt and tie, though. <laughs> they appreciate it. They respect it. it. So Emily Michelle is yeah. wearing a sort of like ju- baggy jumpsuit which is fairly faithful to the description of like Mallory's atrocities <laughs> with it with a ruffle down yeah. the front yeah um, which everybody is unanimously like disgusted with in the book yes <laughs> which actually yeah. looks better than I think anything it this has cuffs on it I I it looks slightly yeah like Mallory did not put something to, that good together in yeah like, yeah None of this is plausible. The time frames involved are ridiculous. I hate this, this book. Did, anyway. Did you notice in the wiki that um, the summary of the plot actually has a section titled um, Inconsistencies? <laughs> Continuity and Inconsistencies. Oh uh, Jessie doesn't know what colic is in this book, but Mallory told her in Hello, Mallory, and also Squirt is mentioned to have colic in The Babysitter's Remember. I'm like, mm. Oh my god, Ellen Miles. <laughs> but yeah, like the Hodges clearly just decided that a faithful rendition of what actually happens in this book is beneath him. And he's like, no, I'm making a shoe that looks like a proper shoe. It's going to be painted properly. It's going to have yeah. believable lacy details. Um, These like baby outfits do not look like they were thrown together by an 11 year old who doesn't know how to tailor um, he's just not participating. I can see two other reasons for this. And one of them is that he was given a one sentence summary of the picture before the book was written, given, which given that the book probably took like <laughs> yeah 16 days to write, um, you know, less than it, co- like less time than it takes to do a, uh, an oil painting. <laughs> the other scenario that I can see is that Hodges was given or was allowed to read the book and was like... Um, if I put that on the cover, no one will buy it. So I'm going to go with something cuter that will sell the notion of a baby parade in a way that like a bunch of garbage better suited to like the barricade in Les Miserables. Um, you know. <laughs> okay, that is an excellent point. <laughs> Except that it doesn't like spin across the stage and <laughs> rotate and support a bunch of characters climbing on it. <laughs> Uh, it's it's just a it's a terrible and kind of nebulously described item of um, of set decoration that like I would not allow a child on. I don't. Uh... <laughs> Claudia welded a guardrail on there. It's fine. <laughs> 
How did she weld it? <laughs> I mean, did it say welded? It doesn't say welded. It said she put a guardrail, but I'm picturing like how the fuck it's made of metal, and she was out there with a welding torch. <laughs> I, I actually assumed it was just like a little kind of you know just wood, like a little woody fence thing. We're deprived of an accurate rendition of what Christie's face looked like through this, because um, Christie is like radiant she looks like she's on the campaign trail for president here and like that is not how christy <laughs> yes, feels in this scene she's so happy she looks like she's living her best life i think the prize for best worst cover goes to the uk cover which i am now linking you guys to oh i have to see this so we're in this later era of the uk covers where they have been turned over to a halfway competent artist who knows what people look like, although not what babies look like. Oh my god. Oh. But it's this kind of more cartoony style. And <laughs> they it it's Christy and David Michael and Emily Michelle from like the first chapter <laughs> of the book doing collages. Christy Christ- looks like a crazed ferret. <laughs> <laughs> and Emily Michelle is a ventriloquist's dummy. <laughs> I did not say that right. <laughs> I was so freaked out by this that I said ventriloquist wrong, you guys. It is, it is not right. What? Yeah, she's like, the scale of her is wrong. She is not scaled correctly no. with the other humans and the kitchen setting and stuff. She's the wrong size and shape. She reminds me of those like medieval paintings where there's a baby, but he looks like he yes. has a mortgage. Like, she's just a shrunk, horrifying adult with wrinkles. <laughs> and at like, this is a minor quibble, but like the proportions of that chair do not, she seems to be standing on it, but she couldn't, what, how short are her legs? It it makes no sense. No, no, none no. of this makes any sense. <laughs> no, this is a terrible cover. Um, This is bad art. Like it's more subtly bad art than the early books, but like it's the more you look at oh, it, yeah. the wronger it is. And mm. I, I think this is um, slipshod work from someone who can do art. As opposed to, that person is bad at art, but they're trying. The two sides of Christy's face are in like different planes. They're different sizes. Yes. Like, look at her two eyes. They're wildly <laughs> mad. contributes to the crazed weasel look. David Michaels. It doesn't have to be a weasel. It might be another muscle. <laughs> David Michaels' hand is giant. The one that's resting on Christy's shoulder. Yes, yes. it's like a man's hand. It's way bigger than the other one, which is meant to be... Uh, in front of it yeah it's meant to be in a puddle of glue but like our brains have all been so degraded by the last six months that like i thought it was an ai generated hand with like ten thousand fingers on it yeah oh yeah that's what it looks like maybe this is why ai hands are so bad you guys somebody fed it this this cover (laughs) this cover has been fed to the machines this is in its training data and this is just really influential (laughs) the sample is hopelessly compromised yeah probably yes Oh my god! No, I mean the, the. I think I think if we were giving bad babysitters club covers to AIs to train them, they'd be way worse at art. <laughs> like, not just worse at like counting fingers and stuff. Just art. I kind of want to train an AI just on train UK covers, just on the UK covers. <laughs> We'll get back to you guys if we manage to do this. Yeah, if anyone knows someone who will fund us to do this, uh, hit us up on the social. <laughs> Absolutely. 
I, I think we're not supposed to do that because it w- would be taking money away from the terrible artist who did these actual covers. I sincerely hope they're not still working as I mean, an artist. Would it? <laughs> they haven't put their name on any of this. No, no, it would only be taking work away from them if we made it like public and available. Yeah, this is just for our own dark amusement. Like, if we just did it for lols and we're like, here's five pictures we made, aren't they, aren't they funny? Like, that would be a massive waste of resources. And, yes. well, you know, <laughs> it'd be when funny. When we win the lottery, that's what we'll spend it on. <laughs> yes, we promise. I don't promise. We'll pay a real artist to do um, an artist's impression of a terrible Babysitter's Club cover so Ooh. that we are also, you know, putting something back to the art world. Yeah. We could just go buy a load of art. Can we give them a bag of crisps and five pounds? No. (laughs) That's also... AI is unethical and so is paying artists in crisps. (laughs) Sometimes it's all they deserve, Karen. Look at those early covers again. Tell me they deserve more than crisps. (laughs) You're the artist here, okay? (laughs) Yeah, and sometimes art is bad. (laughs) Okay, so this is a trifecta of bad covers. Um... Kudos, yeah, yeah. Scholastic. You have you have just done a hat trick here. Um, <laughs> let's get on to the book, which is, to be honest, oh yeah, not one of the better books. No, <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> All right, so we start with Christy um, babysitting David Michael and em- Emily Michelle, um, and mentally giving us her family's detailed backstory. Um, the kids are bored because they've played all three board games that they have in their, like, millionaire's mansion and house. <laughs> Non-nerds are so weird, you guys. No, <laughs> Like, imagine not having, like, neither Rick nor I is a big board gamer, but we have a dozen. Same. Like, I have, have like, like, 20 in my eyeline <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah. it's, it's too many, to be quite honest. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I'd say very few of the board games that the three of us have are actually suitable for the age group of David Michael and Emily Michelle, but neither is Monopoly, which they played. Like Monopoly with small I- children is like psychological torture. I played it with my nephew once yeah. and he made up his own rules on the fly to benefit himself. And it was so stressful yeah. that like... I got very, very upset and so did my dad who was there as well and we had to stop because like one or both of us was going to break down crying. It was like, it was just deeply unsettling. Yeah, I I can't be doing with that. (laughs) Um, Thankfully, my kids are a bit more um, like lawful good because of who I married. Um, But even so, my older child is like, (laughs) still, (laughs) my my mom full on cheats and will sometimes inform you that that's what she's doing. Um, Karen! You know, just for the crack, um, but my husband uh, would just he, he can't be he can't be dealing with that. He's a he's a proper gamer, and most of the time they're that way as well. But my my older son will sometimes riff on rules and be like, "Oh, how about we play it my way?" And I'm like, "No, no, we, we can't do this. <laughs> we need to just like just just I, I'm not going to make anyone read the rules." But <laughs> as far as he knows, I'm making them up as I go along. Yeah. The time that I babysat your two kids, yeah. we did play a board game and there was definitely some improv rules that somebody was trying to implement. And I actually can't mm-hmm. remember which of them was doing it and which one of them was mad, but one of them was doing it and one of them was real mad. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you laid down the law. They need to know. <laughs> Games are not about fun. They're about rules. <laughs> I tried to be diplomatically non comical so I didn't get torn to bits by them. The rules help control the fun. It's true, though. <laughs> I know. 
It, Monica is fully correct. And also yes. I would absolutely have a party where people were playing Boggle. Um, perhaps <laughs> unwillingly. Yes, me too. I feel like if you give people enough booze, they can really get into Boggle. I, I played a game of, of Scrabble. I tried to play a game of Scrabble on the train once with friends of mine who hadn't played it since they were like kids playing with their parents. Mm. And I was like, and we did, had a round and they went to make multiple words and I was like, it's one, one word per round. Like, oh, that's not how we play it. I was like, animals. <laughs> that's what Scrabble is. I want to play Scrabble. We live in a society. And they were like, why are you being so uptight about this? And they were, I was like, I'm not. I just want to play Scrabble. That's not some other game that your parents made up so that you weren't so annoying about it when you were seven. I, I want to play the real game. Not whatever bullshit you're doing. And they, they still think, like, to this day that I was just really, really caught up in the rules for no good reason about that. And I remain furious. <laughs> well, if they still think that, that's maddening. Like, if, if they had, like, reached the age of 20 or whatever and been like, oh, yeah, no, I now realize that this is how, actually how you play Scrabble. Oh, oh, no, we were in our early 20s on that train. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. They were about, oh, okay, we were somewhere between 19 and 21. So, you know, kind of borderline sort of age. But yeah, no, they were just like, what? No, with this is a... Though, to be fair to these people, one of them was an absolute rule stickler. Hmm. However, they're both also extremely stubborn and would never admit to being wrong. And the problem was that I was just like, that's not Scrabble. What are you doing? (laughs) I would say say it would go fine now. I hope so. I hope middle age has softened these people's cough, but I'm very upset by this entire story. <laughs> I, I knew I knew you guys would hurt inside hearing that. Yes, thank you. I bet someone else on that train remembers this whole thing. <laughs> and they were just hearing it from like three seats away and being like... Yeah, and they were like, and you know what? The one with the glasses was right, though. She was right. She just wanted to play Scrabble by the actual rules. You were right. The yeah. other two overrode her. I don't know what. Did you have to play Scrabble with sentences? With these people? <laughs> no. You just you just tapped out. I just we just gave up. I was just like, like I'm not playing that. <laughs> Good for you. You had the courage of your like, convictions. Yeah. I was like, I would like to play Scrabble. I would not like to play whatever that is. Thanks. <laughs> Lads. It wasn't even sentences. It was just like multiple words. <laughs> we are still on page one. I'm just going to say. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I discovered something in this chapter. Can I, mm-hmm. can I just say? Um, uh, yes, please do. We are... Um, we're at the bit where Christy has dived into telling us about her family. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew it was coming. We have to do this. Um, and she's describing the member of the members of her family that are not humans. So she's getting into the pets. Um, and she mentions uh, that Karen and Andrew, the stepchildren, um, have two goldfish, Crystal Light the second, and Goldfishy. Now. I remember, I think I remember reading the Karen book in which um, Crystal Light the first sadly leaves us and is replaced with Crystal Light the second. I assumed that was a reference, yeah, too. I I think that's that's what happened. I, lo- I do love how she interweaves the continuity of that <laughs> other series that's meant for much younger children. That is actually some nice, you know, work going on yeah. there. But at the time I read these when I was pretty close in age to Karen, um, I was like, ooh, Crystal Light, wow, that's such a nice name. That's like so kind of, um, you know. Classy. That's classy. I really like it. And I, I was, as an adult, I went back to it and was like, that sounds like a beer. <laughs> so I, 
I googled it and it's like tang it's like a powdered soft drink it's like this is so cute of like both Karen Brewer and also me small seven-year-old Karen to think that this is the classiest name in existence light do you know what that reminds me of do you remember in the Ramona books she has a doll that she names Bendix um because she got the name off the washing machine and she thinks it's the most beautiful name she's ever heard <laughs> I love that I could clearly not read all the Ramona books that's so funny they're great I really must dig they're very good I must find those yeah all right so um Christy is like desperate for something to do with the kids. She refuses to turn on the TV because that's only a last resort. <sighs> this is the last resort, Christy. <laughs> You're desperate to find something to do. That's what the TV is for. It's okay. No, she's found something more tedious. It's collages. <laughs> so she decides the kids are going to do a bunch of collages, whether they like to or understand what a collage is or not. <gasps> do you know what this means? The um the the British cover artist read like three pages and was like, I am not doing any yeah. more fucking reading of this book. <laughs> this is enough. Fine, that'll do. This is a book about collages. It is not. This this is one scene that happens in the first half of the first chapter. Yeah, we're just like, yeah, fuck this. Yep, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm only getting paid in like a six pack of Tato. So <laughs> I'm not spending any more time on this than I have to. It's fair. And they're Northern Irish Tato because it's the UK. <laughs> Bad times. Ew. I do much prefer a free Tato. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. I did not come up with it. It's how people distinguish that's them. Amazing. Tremendously good. Free Also, I refuse to explain <laughs> any of this for our overseas listeners. They're just going to have to do mm-hmm. it. Like you could just Google free Tato. <laughs> they don't know how to spell that. F-R-E-E space S-T-A-Y-T-O. I said we refuse to explain. You're explaining. I didn't explain it. I just told them how to Google it. You're telling them where to find context. That's the next thing. Content warning. That will take you to Irish Twitter. Just be careful in there, lads. (laughs) Yeah, you might not get out again. (laughs) Anyway, so we have like exciting breaking news here, courtesy of the Stony Brook News which has finally got some new stories. <laughs> Christy Philistine that she is does not appreciate them. But A, some people have a 50th wedding anniversary. And B, Ooh. there's a new sewage treatment plant in Stony Brook. It is kicking off, you guys. It's it's this it's is. news. Oh my God, no wonder like journalists keep showing up to <laughs> when they get rescued from an island or have a pizza party. <laughs> yeah. Christy's just opening the newspaper and she's like, oh, I'm not in it. I'm not interested. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Uh, this is like true small town local newspaper content, yeah, that's though. Fair. That's fair. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't have a full page ad for the. Oh, spoiler! Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Go on. You can finish the sentence for the baby parade, which is about to take place um, in Stony Brook with babies. I love the excuse they have for never having it. It's only held every two years. <laughs> Ah, that's why it was never mentioned before in this series. Cunning. Yeah, it was before the time loop started. (laughs) Yeah, and it was before the year before the time loop started because it's every two years. Flawless. So will it happen again? Will it now be on a one-year loop? No, it's not like um, Halloween's, which do just reoccur throughout the time loop. It's a special Stony Brook-only event, so (laughs) it's affected by the time loop. It doesn't occur the same way that nobody ages. 
So it will never happen again. This is the one and only baby parade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I say confidently, they could. There could be another baby parade. <laughs> yeah, none episode, of us knows. Uh, but, but, but I'm guessing this is the only one. In the absence of a time loop, I would assume that if something runs on a two-year schedule, it's because every year the committee, every year it runs, the committee have a huge fight and are like, this is terrible. Why did we agree to do this? We are never doing this again. And the following year, it doesn't happen. And then by the next year, somebody optimistically goes, shall we try and run this again? It wasn't that bad because I've kind of forgotten. Um, and then... Spoken like somebody who's run conventions. <laughs> The the uh, notoriously worst conventions. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I've I've had I've had something to do with with that. Um, yes, never again. Not in any time loop. <laughs> I'm also thinking that the fact that kids have to be aged under three means this uh, having the event like every two years increases the chance that like whoever won last time is going to have aged out, so nobody can be mm. accused of like yeah having this whole thing sewn up. Ooh, it does um, ramp up the competitiveness, though, yes, because your kid is this is your one yeah. shot, or or maximum two if you've timed it well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the kids who have won this year might get another chance. Oh no, they yeah. have to be under three. Yeah, under oh, three. It could be. So they have to be zero, okay. one, or two. But mm. like a kid who's zero is never going to win because like they're still kind of wrinkly at that stage. Yeah, they can't compete with a chubby toddler. Hmm. I mean, if they're in a really cool stroller. But anyway, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this is a very loosely conceived event where there's a baby parade. The kids wear costumes. Sometimes their prams have costumes or they go on floats. And there are assorted prizes to create maximum chaos, basically. Christy thinks the whole idea is ridiculous. But then she looks at Emily Michelle and realizes that Emily Michelle is the cutest baby in the world. And she would definitely like dominate this contest if she enters so she decides that she's going to enter her in the baby parade after all emily michelle is very cute um it also is a, a stupid fucking idea yes um 100 oh God, i don't know how an actual baby parade works but this seems like um just a recipe for endless disaster that said i would if i heard there was a baby parade i would go see it also, I would put Vic in his LARP gear and enter him in. <laughs> would you wear a business suit to go see it? I mean, yes, one of the many I own. <laughs> For your home-based work. I, I, don't, I don't own a pair of slacks that fit me right now. So no, I would wear jeans or leggings because those are the only items of clothing I own. They're also the only items of clothing that are suitable for bringing a baby anywhere. Yes. Yeah I, yeah, I mean, there's a reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's extremely true. And I was about to say, no, I can't, you can't be breastfeed in a business suit, but you actually can breastfeed in a business suit pretty well. I've definitely seen stock images of that. Button down shirt. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stock image, yeah. sort of a territory. Huge perm, giant car phone, portfolio. So Christy is like <laughs> super psyched about this and then reflects that David Michael's uh, collage is a piece of crap. And we're not going to see any more of David Michael in this book. She just like judges <laughs> his collage incredibly harshly and moves on. Oh, I was like, I looked at that and was like, I think I've seen stuff like this. I'm sure the execution is a bit dubious, but the um, baseball themed collage with just like four layers deep and some <laughs> like random baseball themed uh, slogans. Oh, it's very realistic. Glued all over it. Um, sounds like. But Christy is just not impressed. <laughs> you'd pay like four quid for a, um, a, a one piece of fancy 
like heavy wrapping paper <laughs> that style <laughs> in like a voca or somewhere that's true but it would hopefully have less prit stick smeared all over it if you bought it from Avoca. Yes. And some of it is probably stuck to his face as well. Uh, and also we don't shop from Avoca because their parent company is into some dark shit. But, yep. Yeah. Sorry, you buy the equivalent thing in Hodges Figus, which yes. has the, the same the same there we go. That kind works, of tattoo. Yeah. Anyway, so Christy has decided this is what she's going to do. And actually, she's going to enlist the whole club in this because Christy good and Christy. Mm-hmm. Then we have chapter two. She tells us about everyone in the club. Um, she <laughs> touchingly says that her friends put up with her behavior. They're used to her and her big mouth. Uh, she's not mean or anything, but she's not tactful. She, they're also used to the fact that she's not as sophisticated as the rest of them. Christy is very down on herself here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think Christy thinks either of those things are bad. <laughs> Maybe yeah, not. Yeah, that's. That's true. I think um, she's like, I uh, just conserve so much energy by not being sophisticated, to be quite honest with you guys. <laughs> true. Yeah. I, I mean, the tactful thing I think she's aware is kind of a flaw, but the not being sophisticated, she's not sophisticated enough to care that she's not sophisticated. Touché. Okay. <laughs> I can see that. I also like the line in this, uh, if you want to talk about style, you've got to talk about Claudia Kishi. <laughs> It's like, okay, someone tell Vogue, I guess. Um, Are you covering this random 13-year-old in suburban Connecticut? She's <laughs> where it's at. Something else from this chapter that I noticed is that Christy explicitly says, um, uh, so she had a crush on this guy called Bart. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I don't mm. think I'm ready for a real boyfriend. Not after seeing what my best friend, Mary Ann Spear, went through with her boyfriend, Logan Bruno. Like, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Well, there was so five this- pounds of terrible chocolate. <laughs> Tumultuous relationship has like, in theory, it. has impacted on how um, the rest of your her peers view dating and uh, relationships. But also, Christy is a lesbian. So <laughs> <laughs> she she can tell herself whatever she wants. Yeah. <laughs> Marianne had to hold hands with a boy, you guys. I don't want to go through that. <laughs> That's true. Marianne had to take some kind of variegated bullshit from a boy. Like, it was the 13-year-old level of it, but it was still pretty, like, patriarchal and annoying. And Christy is like, I I don't even want to go near that right now. (laughs) He made her build a snowman with some kids she didn't know when she had hypothermia. (laughs) That was messed up. (laughs) Yes. It was, Also, I think this is laying some ground for the next book, uh, which Mm. is Marianne Mrs. Logan. Um, is, so Christy uh, is kind of pondering on their tormented breakup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be tedious. <laughs> oh, man. Also, speaking of tedious, do you want to know the rabbit hole I went down here? I wanted to find out what the new kind of Doritos, the ones with extra cheese yes. were. This is an example <laughs> Are of like, extra cheesy Doritos. <laughs> Claudia's weird niche snack foods. I was hoping one of you would have researched these and also confirmed that You're yodels are welcome. exactly what I think they are, i.e. chocolate cake with goo. Yeah. Huh. Uh, in 1990, Jumpin' Jack Monterey cheese-flavoured Doritos were introduced. This flavour was later discontinued. That's the only one it could possibly be. Okay. <laughs> there were no extra cheese Doritos ever, <laughs> according to Wikipedia. Yodels are frosted cream-filled cakes made by the Drake's company. <laughs> so... They're exactly a Cadbury's mini roll. They're indistinguishable. Oh, cool. I bet they're not as good. Oh my god, find out about some other sweet things, you guys. (laughs) Hey, she... Yeah, I know, it's bad. This one is Ellen Miles. At least it mentions M&M's there. Mm. Yeah, Ellen Miles is also not researching (laughs) snacks. 
Maybe um, when Anne gave her like the document that clearly has all the bullet points in it, it specifically says yodels or equivalent cake type snack. <laughs> ring dings, um, ho-hos, yeah. ding-dongs only. <laughs> you get the idea. <laughs> ring dings, ho-hos, ding-dongs and cinema. And yes. <laughs> if we get to like book like 87 and she's run out of American snacks and they start eating Cadbury's um, mini rolls... <laughs> We will know that this is the the reasoning. <laughs> yes, this is this is a mandate from Anne. It's like no, they only eat one kind of cakey thing for some reason. I'm very specific about it. <laughs> um, the other thing we have is that um, so Mallory's foray into being an illustrator from the New York book has now become canon. Uh, Christy described her as a writer and an artist. She's always keeping journals and sketching and making up stories. She wants to write and illustrate children's books when she's older. So, yeah, we're doing this now. Um, she draws mice in clothes. She has picked up a hobby, which is a plausible thing to do. It's like without it necessarily when being a retcon. Um, yes. Yeah, it's, but, it's not like a, an extra family member who we never heard about. Yeah, <laughs> but nobody has said, oh, Mallory's gotten really into drawing lately. It's just like, oh, Mallory's always been really into drawing. We just never mentioned it before. Shut up. We yeah. all sail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not quite the sailing, but yes, I take your point. Yeah. <laughs> It could have been done without being a retcon, but it wasn't. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. So next chapter, they're at a meeting. Uh, Christy is in Claudia's room. She zones out so hard telling us about the history of the club and how the club was formed that she forgets to bring the meeting to order. <laughs> <laughs> and then they laugh at her and they're it's like, it's like 5.31 and they're like, we were wondering when you were going to bring the meeting to order. <laughs> Oh man, before the, just still during the flashback. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I had another snack, Wikipedia. Okay, yes, more important. Go on. So, so this is just one of those bizarre, most bizarre things I've ever read. Always makes it have some, sure to have some plain boring things like whole wheat pretzels on hand to supplement the ring dings and Pringles with an apostrophe potato chips. I highlighted that too. <laughs> it's so quaint. So I went looking it up. Uh-huh. Was there ever a Pringle? The product was originally known as Pringles with an apostrophe, newfangled potato <laughs> chips. In the 40s? But other snack, no, it was a deliberately retro oh. name. Oh, really? But it was like the 60s or 70s. But other snack manufacturers objected, saying Pringles failed to meet the definition of a potato chip since they were made from a potato-based dough rather than being bits of potato. Oh. You know, like whatever, I'm not going to get into it. Okay. Um, in uh, US FDA, weighed in the matter... In 1975, they ruled that Pringles could only use the word chip in their product name within the phrase potato chips made from dried potatoes. So presumably from 1975, nobody called them Pringles potato (laughs) chips. And they were just Pringles as though it were a plural of a single Pringle. Yeah. As opposed to like a person's name. And um, yeah, no, I have no idea why Pringles with an apostrophe potato chips is there and not just Pringles. Time travel. Also, how sad do whole wheat pretzels sound? (laughs) I know. Pretzels are like famously the snack made of um, when you only have flour and salt and yeast is not really a thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then they wash them in lye to make them more fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, but you got to have plenty of lye. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love I love a pretzel. I will I will be honest yes. with you. But okay. yeah, but you know, for when you think white flour pretzels are just too decadent and you need to yes. make them a bit more aesthetic, <laughs> brown pretzels. I also um in in hilariously quaint use of language, I love that she says when Christy explains about the associate members, she says that one of them is Shannon Kilburn, the other is Logan Bruno. Does that name sound familiar? That's right. He's Marianne's ex. And X is in scare quotes. I saw like, that as well. <laughs> it's such modern slang. Maybe she knows that the next book is coming. Maybe he's not so X as he used to be. Um, <laughs> he's being reassessed for a I think, I think that's very charitable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Anne just thinks X is edgy slang that the teens might not yes. know. I th- yeah. Definitely. And like, she's real funny about like she wouldn't use quote marks to indicate dubiousness no. because she's real funny about like proper punctuation <laughs> that is very sort of and Pringles <laughs> what yeah. you learn in te- in, in like yeah. fourth grade yeah and like no nuance to it at all <laughs> did Ellen Mile write X and then Anne put scare quotes in on top of it <laughs> <laughs> yes probably. I can fully believe that, actually. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm going to go with that's probably a scholastic mm. house style issue. The publisher is called Scholastic. I'm assuming yeah. it's a house style yeah. thing that, like, yeah, we can't have any sort of casual language, creative use of punctuation or, um, or, 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 or unmarked slang. <laughs> the children will riot. Less we corrupt the yeah. youth. <laughs> Next thing they could be smoking. Or watching TV. (laughs) Chewing bubblegum. At the mall. (laughs) Exactly. So they start the meeting. um, They performatively hand in their club dues to Stacey, which is an excuse to tell us what kid kits are. They talk about the club notebook. Um, Hilariously... Marianne says that Dawn has had an absolute breakthrough for dealing with tantrums, which is tuck the kids into their bed and talk gently to them until they feel calmer. And Dawn is like, it really works, which kind of raises the specter of like, what were they doing before this? Were they just like, did, did they pull out a cat of nine tails or something? <laughs> were you, but also like, why are you tucking them in bed? Like, what time is it? I wonder if this also is like a point. sensory thing or what, or like, it's literally, it's 3pm and um, you put the child in the bed and tuck them in and then kind of wait a bit and see if that, that oh, yeah. restriction and I, stuff works. I can works. see it working in some circumstances. I don't think it's terrible, but I just think it's like, like, like good luck, good luck, good luck with Making that universal. That'll be so handy in the park and the grocery store, guys. <laughs> but also, I think I am um, a little bit salty about parenting advice right now. <laughs> I can't imagine why. That's what, three, three, four times now? I have asked a question. I have not indicated whether I am or I'm not doing baby-led weeding. I have asked a question about, like, babies and eating, where the answer has never been, you should do baby-led weeding and once it wasn't even a question it was just a funny joke and uh, every single time someone is just like do you know what though baby led weaning do you know about it here's five paragraphs about how good it is mm-hmm. okay yeah okay okay i'm telling Thanks. you spoons are tools of oppression simple of the patriarchy hey what food is good for sticking on a food on a spoon and feeding a baby who's real bad at using a spoon i'd love him to get some practice using a spoon yes but have you done baby wed weaning you should really just do baby led weaning though like yeah, I 
he should just eat what you eat. Yes, sometimes we eat wet food. So I'd like him to be able to use a fucking spoon. Well, you should just entirely overhaul the entire family's diet, obviously. I mean, it would be healthier, but at what cost? I once said to that, um, to the group, I know they're supposed to eat what we eat, but like, I just can't eat a bowl of cheese for dinner every night. And I did actually get quite a lot of laugh reacts to that. But that was a comment though. I, I, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I just don't. I, I, I don't think this baby should eat what we eat. I mean, he would cheerfully inhale a large portion of a Domino's pizza every time his father did, but I just don't think it would be good for him. <laughs> At least wait till he's three before he's eating a large pepperoni. <laughs> he ate a third of a sirloin steak the other night. <laughs> that is the best mental Let image. Me, okay. I used to just give him bits of my meat and I was like, Rick, please buy this child his own steak. <laughs> like you can cut it into bits. Like so they're mini steaks, but can't do this. I want meat. I am absolutely picturing him with a little cloth napkin tucked in to his like baby mm-hmm. grow and a little knife and fork. <laughs> Banging them on the table. <laughs> yeah. Bang, bang, bang. I, I mean, steak. that's very nice. That's a very nice image. There were small bits and he was eating them with his fingers. <laughs> now I figured. And if he had a napkin neatly tucked into his baby grow, he would pull it out and chew it. Speaking of people with notions, Mrs. Prezioso rings up. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Prezioso <laughs> does not have enough things to do with her time. She has gone on something called the planning board at Jenny's preschool. And like, I have no idea if this is a thing in America, but here you just yeet them into a preschool and run. You do not go on a planning board. That The preschool does its own planning. What the hell, Mrs. Preziosa? Again, maybe this is just a manufactured excuse for her going and doing something way more risque um (laughs) so she needs a regular babysitter two afternoons a week for a month um but because she now has baby andrea she wants the babysitter to have taken an infant care class at the community center because the community center has everything now it does infant care classes it contains multitudes it does and christy is super up for it because she wants to learn more about how to be a good babysitter and then Everyone decides that they should all do the baby the baby course and they can advertise themselves as infant specialists, which is hilarious. This doesn't seem like a bad idea to me as a as a thing you could do, um, but I was kind of No, it's an excellent idea. Yeah. I was amused by the idea of the it's just a generalized infant care course. Um here you get these when you are pregnant or your partner is pregnant through the hospital where you're going to give birth, and they run it. Um, and so it would be very funny to have like seven non-pregnant teens and tweens just attending in matching t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> like, to be like, no, no, we're just here for like, <laughs> we're just upskilling for our business. And it's like, here we'd be like, okay, listen, ladies, the first session is going to be entirely Kegel focused. So, you know, if you're, if you're up for that, then, you know, it's never like, too, you're never too young, but seriously. You, you know, know. You, you can skip the breastfeeding one too. <laughs> uh, and the one where we teach your husband to give good back massages. Like, I, I mean, I guess Logan <laughs> yes. could sit in on that, but like, I don't think him and Marianne are on back massage terms anymore. The babysitters club um, come home and like the Kishi's like, oh, how did you get on? And like, that's fine. I'm a registered doula now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, do you know the proper way to sneeze, mom? Because someone, someone should have told you the proper way to sneeze. <laughs> The actual, no one's ever told me the proper way to sneeze. Oh, it's the thing where you like pull up your pelvic floor before you sneeze. Oh yeah. You have yeah. to engage engage those muscles. Yep. Or cross your legs. 
Yeah, I like I like the idea of just having like a public like I would have taken that. Mm. I, I would have actually really liked to take it as a babysitter mm. because I did feel very like crap, I'm not really sure what you do with little babies. Yeah. Mm. Like how like I, I understand that, you know, you I could feed a baby a bottle or whatever, but I knew to burp them after, but like mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, how do you know when you, when you change a nappy? How do you, yeah, there's just a bunch of stuff that like, class would have been awesome. This is the most sensible part of this entire book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is fully in favour of this, although it would be friggin'. I mean, you can imagine the face on the instructor be like, why are there middle schoolers? <laughs> this one seems very um, welcoming. Yes. She does. Also, also... Have they had club t-shirts before? Because it's just like... No. I'd almost forgotten we decided to wear our club t-shirts, like, thrown in casually there, as though this has always been a thing. This is a retcon. They've always known how to sail. Yeah. They've always had club t-shirts, and Mallory has always been an illustrator. I'm assuming Watson got a screen printing machine when Christy was making the Christie's Crushers t-shirts, and now they just need excuses to get to use it again. I thought the Christie's Crushers t-shirts were, like, explicitly those iron red velvet letters. They are. They probably did the same thing again. They had matching, like, Thomas Brewer household t-shirts to see everyone off at the train station, I think. Oh, that does suggest that Watson has, like, a gadget um, that he he likes using. A (laughs) proto-cricket cutter or something like that. (laughs) Christy just came home one day and found Watson was like, look, honey, I made you guys all t-shirts. And they're all in, like, size triple XL. And she's like, oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, do you remember like the only cool t-shirts you get were yeah, like triple XL or like the the opposite. We have a bunch of t-shirts we got made for Esther's hen that have now devolved into the smallest oh, yeah, of our small so children um because yeah. they were really only fit for like the under 10s. <laughs> yeah, we literally put one on my 3-year-old nephew and it fit him fine. Like it was unremarkable. <laughs> uh well, get a screen printer like Watson and then we can yes. do more of them. And three toaster ovens. So, yes, they're at the pregnancy class. Marianne is overwhelmed by the quantity of pregnant women. <laughs> yeah, she's like, there's too many. I can't stop looking. <laughs> <Too many. laughs> I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> I, can, I can understand that, to be honest. I mean, to be honest, I felt kind of that way in like the wedding room for, the, <laughs> yeah. for all the maternity appointments. And I was one of the pregnant women. <laughs> there's, so, too much, yeah. there's too much bump here. It's like, everyone is really, really pregnant <laughs> yeah. here. There's just... too many embryos in this room. <laughs> There's too many. It was just like everyone was like, like just sitting on the chairs and moving because their backs were all oh. sore. And like everyone was peeing a lot, and everyone was, was just like, <laughs> "There's too much pregnancy in this room." It's very unnatural. There's no real human need for that many pregnant women, like in any normal circumstance, yeah. except a maternity hospital, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I can understand why Marianne is a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, there's also some modern men there learning how to take after babies. I know. <gasps> I wonder if this is Ellen Mile being like, we can't just have mothers and some random teenage girls at this. Let's have some dads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, or people that might be dads someday. Also, where the hell is Mr. Prezioso in this book? We get a lot of Prezioso time and like, there is not hide nor hair of Mr. Prezioso. He's gone to a basketball match and we're never going to see him again. Wait, <laughs> His ascot is completely absent. <laughs> <laughs> he he dressed very nicely in a three-piece suit um, because he had to go away for the weekend 
And then as soon as he got out of the side of the house, he changed into his sweatpants <laughs> and a t-shirt with holes in and a pair of runners he's been saving for 10 years <laughs> hid down the back of the wardrobe and just went away for the weekend to breathe <laughs> and be free. I thought you were going to say he and his three-piece suit went to the baby parade and he's one of the Norman Rockwell people. <laughs> oh, that's... That's Mr. Precioso, if that makes sense. sense. These two are not um, mutually incompatible, right? Because he has to wear the three-piece suit to the baby parade where his wife is going to see him in her ridiculous costume. Oh, I can't wait to talk about the ridiculous costume. I know. I'm so excited for it. Baby class. Yes, baby class. So there's an intimidating poster about all the do's and don'ts of changing a nappy. Um, The teacher, who's a woman called Anita, comes over and laments that more babysitters don't do this. And Marianne is like, I wanted to take it as soon as I heard about it. I'm Marianne Spear, by the way. Uh, Marianne is absolutely, like, sucking up to the teacher. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. A woman called Mrs. Salem comes in with twins who are called Ricky and Rose. And she says that they are both troublemakers, which, like, babies are. (laughs) Mrs. Salem, we hear, looks kind of tired, which I can well believe. Then there's a confusing interlude where Anita introduces them to her partner, Don. Mm. And for a minute, I'm like, oh, my God, is this our first sighting of, like, a cohabiting couple who's not married? But then it turns out that they are married. She just weirdly called him her partner, even though he's actually her husband. So I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe because in the context of this, he's her business partner. Maybe. Mm, maybe. Maybe he's sitting at at the door taking money in the little lockbox. Yeah, I also found it really weird. And I was like, oh my God, they're not married. Yeah. I was very excited for like yeah. a second. Also, Christy gets a huge crush on this guy. Yes. Um, she she says he's really handsome and kind of old. Not as old as Watson, but the same age as her English teacher. <laughs> um, Christy is briefly smitten with this guy. I have a theory about what this is about, actually. I, I think... Um, mm-hmm. I think this is well-meaning and possibly poorly handled advice um, given two babysitters to tell them that they should not become infatuated with their oh. older male clients because that would be a bad thing. Um, and I'm I really, I'm trying to remember the details of this, but I'm pretty sure there's a You're Wrong About episode that kind of goes a little bit more into the moral panic surrounding babysitters and about just the notion of yeah. this young person coming into your home mm. and having a bunch of control over the things that you do and maybe seducing your husband because it would definitely be the babysitter seducing mm-hmm. the husband and not mm-hmm. the other fucking way around, right? So I think this is maybe like, we should put in just a little bit of a warning and I feel like Ellen Miles was like, okay, I'm going to put two <laughs> paragraphs in this book and that will be all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes sense actually. Maybe. I'm just fully inferring a lot of things yeah. here, but I I think it's gross. Like to to like otherwise it's just completely baffling. But like there is some kind of logic to that, even if it's you know problematic in several ways. There's always advice yeah. to babysitters, and I feel like this is an advice to babysitter. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's also can I just flag one of the most hilarious misreadings I have seen in these books just from me. Like yeah. um so poor old Mrs. Salem who is here with um twins, one in each arm. Uh at one point um the 
uh, the class has started um, and one of the babies is crying and Anita is trying to make this a teachable moment for everybody, which is a lot of stress to put poor Mrs. Salem under. But um, uh, she says, let's just take this as an example. What do you think the baby wants? Um, it's Ricky, said Mrs. Salem. And I that sounds like his I'm hungry cry, but there's only one way to find out for sure. She pulled a bottle out of the bag by her feet and offered it to Ricky. And at this point, I was like, this poor woman has no hands. She has had to use her feet to remove a bottle from the bag. <laughs> and then I was like, no, wait, wait, hang on. But it just had the funniest mental image. By her feet, not with her feet. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, she pulled the bottle out by her feet. <laughs> so no, the bag was by her feet. It, it turns out... Um, <laughs> Uh, poor Ricky uh, cries for a bit longer and then they eventually work out that it's like a nappy issue and he, he needs a new I'm actually just kind of mortified for them that it took them that long to get there especially the person who's like maybe he wants a favourite toy to play with before she thought yeah nappy. I know yes and like <laughs> obviously only Christy is smart enough to figure this out um, despite like several of these women already being mothers like they've definitely changed nappies yeah, yeah. She's she's the most experienced mother in that room. She already has twins. Yes. She has had plenty of experience minding these children already. <laughs> yes. I can actually get Mrs. Sailor being completely flustered because everyone is staring oh, at her and being like... Brainstorming. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be disoriented by a room full of babies. Oh yeah, we also get some unsolicited parenting advice of the kind you can still get any day on the internet where Anita says that... um. They're, she's going to teach them all to use cloth nappies because so many parents are switching to cloth these days. They're much better for the environment if you're willing to do just a little more work. So that's the bit that I highlighted and went, stop fucking shaming me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It, it was hard not to feel personally attacked. It is not just a little more work. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And the benefit to the environment is highly debatable. Were they switching as well? Because I feel like there's a... A lot of people saying now we're discovering. Yeah, cloth I think nappies. at that yeah. point everyone was ecstatic to be switching to disposables. I know my mother was. I think they got very yeah. cheap. Um, people were like, "Well, there's the environment, <laughs> but also <laughs> exactly my thought process. Well, there's the environment, but also <laughs> you could just put these in the bin." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not judging our listeners if you use cloth nappies. Good for you. And we respect that. Oh, no. Like, quite literally, that is awesome. But we are judging the many, many people who have unhelpfully told us to use cloth nappies when that was not the answer to the question that we asked. Also not judging people who do baby-led weaning. Just judging people who tell people who are asking unrelated (laughs) questions that they should do baby-led weaning. We will always judge unsolicited advice. Yes. Always. Yeah. <laughs> so hard. The nature of the advice is less um, important, really. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, the next chapter, there's been a time jump. Um, it's the end of the baby care course. Um, Christy sees uh, Anita and Don with their son, Ethan, and the sight of Don parenting um, instantly like destroys Christie's crush. He was just another father, someone who'd hire me as a babysitter, tell me where the plunger was in case the plumbing backed up, and go out to the movies with his wife. My crush disappeared just like that. I still liked him, but I was no longer infatuated, as Marianne had put it. Did she? They discussed this, I guess, off screen. Yeah, I mean, it's been a few weeks, Mm. I think. Mm. Ethan was wearing a t-shirt with a big purple dinosaur on it. 
God save Barney, it might encourage people to watch television. It's a, it, it's a non-branded, non-specific big purple dinosaur. <laughs> Maybe she doesn't know. Maybe she just thinks there's that a, that big purple dinosaur around a lot and is yeah maybe doesn't think that it, it is a personality <laughs> she thinks it's like Kilroy it's just a meme <laughs> or else it's just like she does not have any preschool age kids to hang out with to find out what the hell the purple dinosaur Definitely. is <laughs> like I just um recalled something I mentioned that Anne Doyle has a book out um to my husband and he was like Anne Doyle is she the one that looks like Barney the dinosaur and I was like what are you talking about <laughs> what and then he put a picture of them side by side and I was like no but yes <laughs> but no and it turns out it's a zig and zag joke oh. from years ago is that Anne Doyle bears a resemblance to Barney which kind okay. of around the eyes maybe <laughs> we're really looking for looking for it I'm, I'm visualising them both as hard as I can and I'm not seeing it but I am going to be Google image searching after and this. She's an extremely elegant middle-aged newsreader. <laughs> yeah, with like, like a blonde you know, bob. She's with, yes. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't see a purple dinosaur. You have to see them next to each other to understand. <laughs> okay, I will. I will do Send this. Send us links later on. Um, so yes, it's the end of the baby course. They're having a graduation ceremony. Um, Various relatives have turned up. Uh, the associate members are there to cheer them on, and Christy is happy to see Logan and Marianne in the same place again. Could you imagine having a graduation ceremony for your antenatal classes? <laughs> I know. Could you imagine, like, mm -hmm. your relatives coming? <laughs> I'm so glad you've got your pelvic floor in order. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh my god, that sounds like a TV show. Pelvic floor in order. <laughs> Copywriting that. <laughs> I don't oh want to know what type of show this would be. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine, and I can't. I think it's doulas who solve crimes. <laughs> yeah, okay, that works. Yes. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Christy runs through all the stuff they've learned. They've learned not to leave a baby unattended on a changing table. Um... They've learned not to shake baby powder into a baby's face. <laughs> also, that talcum powder is not good for babies, uh, which, yes, right side of history there. Mm -hmm. um, they had a practical exam. Uh, Christy worried that she might have stuck a safety pin in the baby. It was represented by a doll. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> yeah, if you stick a safety pin in a real baby, you will be left in no doubt whether you've done that or not. You, you know all about it. You'll know you've yeah. done it. They will object. Then they announced that... There were two people in the class who got every answer right on the written test and top scores on the practical. Uh, person number one is a dad shocker. <gasps> um, the ultimate woke bay. A dad displaying competence. <laughs> I know. In Stony Brook. <laughs> Wait, no, competence they display. Interest in his children in Stony Brook. Well, he's interested in the theory, but is he going to get up at 3am and actually like... Huh. Yeah, exactly. Just stick pins in his baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, person number two, of course, is Christy. Um, then 
many of the pregnant ladies come up and ask for their contact details so they can hire them as babysitters. Uh, Christy helpfully has brought some flyers along and hands them out. That was a good idea. That all dovetailed very nicely. Like, <laughs> like that was great. It's just hilarious that Christy is like, on that hustle all the time. Oh yeah, I, I know, but like it is, it uh, just the whole thing lined up so well where it's like, yes. look how competent we are. <laughs> you should think about using our services. <laughs> In fact, Christy is better than you guys at baby care because Christy yeah. aced this thing and you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This 13 year old is a better parent than you. Would you like her to babysit? She's cheap. <laughs> Actually, I would not hire somebody like that now that you mention it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't want to hire a 13-year-old that makes me insecure. I can do that myself. (laughs) (laughs) My partner, John, could do that for me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Top scoring (laughs) exam results. Okay. So Christy then calls Mrs. Prezioso to tell her that she's finished the course and she's good to actually babysit. And then gets slightly concerned that she's actually going to be looking after a real baby soon and is she really ready after all. This is another bit of retconning. They have all babysat so many babies. Mm -hmm. For so long. Including Andrea. Like, yeah, they've done this. They literally only don't, they haven't have been like, oh, she's too young for you to babysit like newborns. Mm -hmm. Like, like just Lucy Newton. Under two months old. They have been mining babies forever. They have just been shoving bottles in their mouths, changing nappies and putting them down in cots to sleep like robot yes. babies <laughs> for yeah. years now in this time loop. <laughs> the baby slept in her cot while we all ate dinner is a line that I recall from one particular uh, novel. Yeah, and I was like, did really, know? did she? <laughs> I, I would like to point out for, for, for the listeners at home that I am recording while my baby is asleep on my lap he woke up in his cot. He then woke up on my lap twice. At both times, I just had to feed him. Because that's what actual babies are like. <laughs> he is absolutely angelic, but yes. <laughs> yes, he is because he's asleep. But it's because I'm holding him. If I wasn't holding him, he would probably not be asleep. Yeah. He's super cute as well. I, you know, yes. we'll say that. But... Thank you. But he's so. not, you know... Accommodating. Yeah. You can't put him down and walk away. <laughs> exactly. No. I mean, you might be able to know he's quite like floppy asleep, but not that. He floppy. just made a, a chin it. face. He's just doing a. He did. He just. Mm. I, I lifted his arm up to see if it was floppy, and it wasn't very floppy. And he went. <laughs> I know what you're trying, lady. <laughs> <laughs> the sleepy sad face. Oh, it's the saddest thing. So yeah, in this weird new pocket universe, Christy is apprehensive about looking after Jenny and Andrea because she's forgotten all the babies she's looked after before. Now that she has the theory, she's like, oh my God, now I know what could go wrong. (laughs) It was a mistake doing the course. Mrs. Prezioso hilariously is like, she's slightly worn down by the burden of having two kids to occasionally look after. (laughs) Christy describes it as, Mrs. P didn't look quite like she used to either. Marianne always said that Mrs. P looked like she had just stepped out of one of those magazines that have articles with titles like A Dozen Glamorous New Ways to Use Leftover Meatloaf. (laughs) <laughs> but that day she simply appeared nice and neat, like any mother on her way to a meeting of her daughter's preschool board. <laughs> that cracked me up. Yes, me too. I had to highlight it because it's so good. I can picture the illustration that would go along with that and it is it is not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> is it straight out of the Weight Watchers recipe cards? I'm even thinking further back with the ladies' home journal, um, where it's all very like post-war um, and... Uh, <laughs> Things you farmed for victory and now are forced to eat. Because <laughs> otherwise it'd be a waste. 
it's particularly upsetting because meatloaf is already a way to deal with leftovers like you just Mm -hmm. chuck in whatever you have so like yeah this is an unpleasant level of recycling it's second degree leftovers (laughs) yeah no that's just bad so jenny is like after they gave her all that training on how to change a baby's nappy and stuff she's fully on board with it and confidently says that she knows how to take care of the baby um so they go to get her up from her nap um she starts crying um they are a bit freaked out they take her downstairs to give her a bottle jenny knocks over a bowl of spaghetti that was in the fridge christy is shocked to find that when you're holding a crying baby you have to clean up the mess one-handed which again anyone who has ever looked after a baby has figured that out in extremely short order you do everything Mm one-handed for like months um Jenny is also not great at cleaning spaghetti off the floor, shockingly. Um, <laughs> She's four. She's not going to be great at a lot of stuff. Christy manages to like look after the baby, but she finds that you can't easily make cookies one-handed while also wrangling a baby, and she is disappointed in this. Um, but then she, when Mrs. Prezioso comes home, she's heard about the baby parade, and she's dying to put Andrea in it, but she's way too busy to actually have any involvement in this herself. So she says that she'll pay Christy extra to like basically do this entire thing for her. Um, and Christy is <laughs> like, uh, I'm not sure I have time because actually she wanted to enter Emily in the parade. But um, Mrs. Prezioso is like, let me know what you think. Okay. 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 This is so weird. <laughs> this, this whole like dynamic is so weird. Yeah. It's very weird as well, considering that um, it turns out she does a bunch of stuff. Um, she's just also got yeah, Christy I- on board. <clears throat> I will say that, like, previously she has seemed a bit kind of d- difficult to please and kind of a pain Yeah, um, as a client. In this book, she actually genuinely seems delighted with whatever people do in, like, participation yes. of this. Um, and, like, Christy and Jenny both do their best TM um, <laughs> and it does not necessarily come out great um, but Mrs. Preciosa was like oh you guys this is so great I'm gonna walk in the yeah. parade I, like, I'm just ex- ecstatic with everything <laughs> <laughs> and that works out fine weirdly yeah. fine yeah. Um, I was expecting there to be more like fallout this. <laughs> yes same the fallout happens elsewhere in the book we, we definitely get fallout but not from Mrs. P um, yeah she's very like upbeat and just psyched about this whole thing she's somehow living her best life somehow <laughs> yeah it's also just really weird to be like oh man I want to put my baby in this competition but I'm busy so I'm going to pay you to put my baby in this competition I'm going to outsource this <laughs> yeah and but then she does it all yeah like well, yeah. okay. Christy has to do all the like Whatever. less fun stuff, uh, bedazzling of the pram and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. she she curates a costume and it's stuff. Pretty minimal. It is pretty minimal. Everyone's effort in this is pretty half-assed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we next have uh, Claudia babysitting uh, Jamie Newton and baby Lucy. She decides to take Jamie and Lucy down to the library uh, for story time, and there is much. Cute baby wrangling, basically. Uh, Jamie Newton is being cute. He's telling strangers his birthday in the hopes that they'll send him presents, <laughs> which is a Don't delightful. Don't dock yourself, craft. Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, bless. They go home again. Literally, this has no bearing on the rest of the book. This is literally just filler. Uh, there's some extremely low stakes babysitting. Mm-hmm. 
then at the meeting that evening, um, they're all talking about the baby being buried, and Claudia decides that she. Claudia says that she thinks Lucy Newton ought to go on the parade and Jesse says that Squirt is very cute too and he could probably win and then they all decide to get a bunch of babies together and put them on a float and this is born illegal daycare on the go. Just actually can't imagine anything worse. <laughs> I know. Than idea. Like individual babies in the, in their buggies. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. That sounds fine. Yeah. Put them in a costume, put them in the buggy, hope they go to sleep. Woo. Just like Hodges envisioned. <laughs> Yeah, what, like a float with loads of babies in costume on it, a moving float covered in infants. It's just a nightmare. Yeah. And it's so many people. It's like seven teens and... Nine babies. Nine babies. Oh my God. It was it yeah. was nine in the end. Um, And there is a hilarious comment from one of them where they say, could it possibly be too many babies? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like yes, yes. yes. It's definitely- Sometimes one is too many babies, um, and yeah. I mean, I, I, it would straight up be illegal now because there would not be the the, the required restraints. This is uninsurable. This is oh, extremely yeah. uninsurable. Um, and yeah, just the the thought of this is like wow. The twentieth century was wild. <laughs> I know this is a lawless hellscape. Yeah. <laughs> So next chapter, um, they're brainstorming uh, their float for the parade. <laughs> brainstorming is a way to put it. So it. It's basically one of them comes up with an idea and everybody else insults her to her face and comes up with a, yeah. another idea. Oh my God, I enjoyed this chapter so much. I know. Because they were like, being like, oh, this is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. But like, all of them are really stupid. Equally stupid. <laughs> yeah, they're all bad. I actually wanted to know what you guys thought was like the best and worst. Because I kind of thought some of these were genius. Um, and some of them were extremely terrible. But it was not in the hierarchy that the babysitters like Okay. Uh, all right. We got to rank these. So yeah. Christy suggests a baseball themed float. Which and Don is like out the gate vicious about this Don is like <laughs> she's so rude you've got to be kidding that has to be the worst idea I've ever heard babies playing baseball I mean Christy literally has a softball team with a baby on it so yes <laughs> yeah. what she's talking about. like she is 100% eligible for this parade <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah absolutely I think she is she in it or did she just decide she declines to, to play so they I think to be quite honest I think they have too many the numbers get too big and um, <laughs> too many babies yeah there's too many babies and uh they were just like we have to cut we have to cut a character out um yeah but yeah she would absolutely be uh, eligible <laughs> yes she is under the age limit so yeah there's there's baseball team babies which like this is just Christy this is a Christy themed float, basically devoted to Christy's yeah. passions. Well, that's the that is true for all of them. That's true like, to a ridiculous, like a nonsense extent. Okay, we've got to go through the, the rest. Of yeah. Them. Okay. I think the next one is Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Who, if I was going to be come up with a really stupid idea, I would not start out by like criticizing somebody else's idea <laughs> to quite such a mean extent. Um, <laughs> she wants to have surfer babies with little surfer surfboards and in some surf. Yeah, she wants to put the babies on surfboards and decorate the float to look like the ocean. Yeah. Um, Christy correctly points out that surfing babies are no better than baseball babies. No. Which is true. Hobbies that babies are not really 
Like, small children, sure. They're, babies, These no. things have nothing to do with yeah. babies, yes. basically. Uh, yeah. So Marianne, at least, like, sort of ha- comes up with something thematically appropriate, which is nursery rhymes. But, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Marianne, <laughs> very predictably, this is an elaborate ruse so she can shoehorn Tigger into this whole thing. Which is the only thing that would be worse than nine, nine babies and a float. Nine babies and nine a disoriented babies. cat. <laughs> Clawing the babies, running around, running into the crowd and getting lost. Yeah. Yep. Just... Just a disaster. She also wants to knit mittens for them. And like this, this is in like a week. And that is 18 mittens, at least. Even baby sized ones, that is beyond the capacity of normal knitters. And mitten knitting is quite specialized. Like you, beginning knitters cannot like instantly make knit, make mittens. Like that's, there's quite a learning curve in there. Like this is a terrible idea, Marianne. On several levels. This is. Yes. This is bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> then I laugh my head off at Stacy because obviously this is peak Stacy. The only thing more Stacy like would be if there was also a diabetes theme, like they had a giant insulin syringe. No. <laughs> no, okay, unbalanced, this is a less terrible um, Ooh, yeah. she could have gone for Starlet Express. Uh, <laughs> put babies in roller skates. They do not do that. They put um babies on a New York themed float. Well, she suggests Sorry, she, they put. <laughs> she, thank God, yeah. She, she suggests that they put them on a New York themed float, which is decorated to look like the New York skyline, and all the babies are in formal wear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll put it to you this way, though. If I could get, like, waistcoat and dicky bow, like, uh, well, um, like onesies, like, Baby grows for him. Oh, absolutely. You could probably get baby grow tuxedos and baby grow tuxedos would be adorable. Yes. I like, you know, fake formal wear for babies is very cute. It's super cute. Especially because you can now just purchase it in like poppered onesie form. (laughs) I I did one like that. I I made, it was sewed a waistcoat onto a onesie for Jeffrey for Halloween, the year that he was like six months old at Halloween. And I, made him a top hat so that he could be um, Sir Topham Hat from uh, uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. Um, that was adorable. <laughs> so cute. He looked very cute. The hat would not stay on, but that's okay. We needed like one oh. photo and that was it. I mean, yeah, Stacey's costume concept is like not off the wall. Except for the evening gowns. But like, nobody wants a New York themed float. But like, there is no reason. No. Again, New York, not really a baby theme. No. Baby related. At least Marianne's nursery rhyme was baby related, but also the specific nursery rhyme she chose was just pure wank. <laughs> 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 then, like, Mallory is just, like, a disaster. Um, she babbles that she was thinking of doing a Misty of Chinko Teague themed float um, because that's her favourite book. But, like, she has not thought this through at all. And even Jessie, who, like, always has Mallory's back, is like, what, you want to dress the babies like wild ponies? (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys remember the terrifying horse heads that featured in the Rubber Bandits video for Horse Outside? Imagine lying babies wearing (laughs) horse heads. (laughs) That would be deeply unsettling. (laughs) And then, oh yeah, Claudia suggests um, babies from outer space. Uh, 
which is a, apparently a like National Enquirer homage. She says, like something you'd see in those supermarket newspapers, woman gives birth to baby from Mars. We were too stunned even to laugh. <laughs> I, I actually like that yeah. one. You, yeah, that sounds fun. You could extremely easily have put dealy boppers on all the babies with like yes. alien eyes and put them on a float and called yes. it a day. Not that I approve of a float. <laughs> Isn't there canonically in the setting a TV show called Babies in Space that like some of the kids, <gasps> book, they, uh, I think. Was it a book? Yeah. That some of the yes. kids are really into. So they could have done a Babies yes. in Space themed float. It would have been grand. And Babies in Space is also like an ongoing joke on the Enthusiasm a linguistics podcast because they were talking about how um, I can't remember but they were talking about the spread of human language they were like we should just put a lot of babies in space Amazing. <laughs> that will spread human language yeah. I love how true to form Jesse does not contribute a stupid float idea because Jesse is better than this <laughs> yes it would probably be ballet themed definitely so okay what are our rankings what do we think what does each of us think is best and worst Karen I vote babies in space um, is a top uh, suggestion. Um, I also think the baseball babies is not terrible because um, those outfits are really easy to put in the wash. Um, <laughs> and you could just have baseball bats around the place. They're big enough to be visible. The babies don't have to actually hold them. Um, I think that's quite plausible. Or just get pool noodles and like duct tape them to look like baseball bats. Oh, that would be cute. That would work. Um, yeah, that'd be fine. Um, I don't know. Do you want to pick it up there? Um, what comes next? I think I think Babies in Space is my favourite as well. I think Nursery Rhymes are a strong contender, although again, nothing that involves a live cat. <laughs> this is the worst idea. The live cat bit just puts this to almost <laughs> the bottom. It would be it would be at the bottom if it wasn't for like um I I, I would rank Stacey's very low. Um, just because I'm picturing these babies in black velvet and pearls is a terrible idea. Um, but the wild ponies is also very a poor showing. Like even as she's saying it, Mallory knows this is terrible. Yeah. Aoife, what are your choices? My top one would definitely be babies in space. I was envisioning little like helmety things and. Slow a tinfoil on the float, yeah. you know, for space aginess and yeah, yeah, dealy boppers. And just, I think you could have fun with that. Um, I, my, okay, look, we know Mallory's stupid friggin' pony book is the lowest ranked <laughs> one because she has put no thought whatsoever into it. Honestly, Mary Ann's is bottom for me, <laughs> other than Mal's, because I'm just keep imagining something out of cats, <laughs> yes. but like homemade and shite. <laughs> And then also there's like a, an actual cat <laughs> scratching the infant. If there's an actual cat, just, then it definitely has to be bottom. Getting frightened. It's just the worst. Um, Mallory's is ranked below it only because Mallory has given absolutely zero thought whatsoever. And it's not even going to be. Mallory's isn't so much a bad idea as like. Not an idea. Unenvisionable. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. Even Jesse, who is also super into this book cannot make this make sense <laughs> that is it yeah like, i don't think jesse was trying to be mean when she was like no you, I mean, she was just like yeah. crying, like how are you seeing this work and the baby's dressed as wild horses what like, yeah um and 
I actually think I hate the New York theme in the evening gowns, but babies in tuxedos would be awesome. <laughs> I, I but, think there's not enough hate here for surfing babies. Yeah, I think that was pretty obnoxious. I think the surfing on, on the baseball are both just kind of blah. Babies on surfboards, though, is an invitation for babies to fall off surfboards. <laughs> I just did not take that bit literally. I was like, well, in real life, how that would work is there will be a float or there will be some surfboards in the middle of the float and the babies will be around the float wearing like board shorts and little sunglasses on those of them who can you can persuade to leave on them so nice. and rash vests and tie-dye and sun hats mm. and it would actually be quite cute i guess my problem with the whole thing including the one that they actually go for right is that fundamentally there are too many babies there is not enough <laughs> yes. security for these babies yes. <laughs> there are not enough people to be you you ideally want at least one person per baby yeah like two arms per baby and we don't have that christy is in charge mm. of multiple babies on this float i know i'm not i'm not cool with this they have two associate babysitters that they could have drafted in for this they get them to do something else as well yeah and um, and then they they just turn up and cheer they just they they're minding some other kids oh yeah yeah they're minding the big kids but but then the notion of like all of that is just so insecure and so it's it bring me out in a cold sweat thinking about it and then the idea of adding a cat who <laughs> is like a baby in terms of intelligence and trustworthiness but is also really fucking mobile and has claws yeah a murderer in terms of like potential for damage inflicted <laughs> and just or like the the number of unquantifiable agents of chaos in this is just it's just horrifying so I know. Yeah, the whole thing is so yeah they roast each other's ideas mercilessly and in fairness they all deserve it to some degree but eventually they decide that maybe they will go with a nursery rhyme that doesn't involve a cat uh namely the old woman who lived in a shoe which isn't a terrible idea at least it's themed around a lot of kids, which none of the other ideas were. Yeah. Yes. It is a nursery rhyme that involves um, poverty and domestic violence. So the vibe check is not, you know, <laughs> it's not really passing. <laughs> but yes, no, I do. Oh yeah, yeah. she did beat them all yeah. soundly, yeah. didn't she? <laughs> and sent them to bed. Yeah. Poverty and hunger <laughs> and violence. Yeah. So... Yeah. I mean, that's kind of par for the course with nursery rhymes. Like, that's true. Yeah. Most nursery rhymes are very bleak. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, at least it has something to do with a passel of kids, which yeah. New York City does not. And Misty of Chinko apparently does not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it just occurred to me that it, it's pretty charming to have like an 11 year old be told to come up with something to do with babies and go, but what if horses? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> they fret because they only have five babies lined up. And then Christy is like, let's get some loner babies from the people we met at the infant care course. No, no Christy. Five babies is plenty. Yes. Five babies is arguably too many babies. <laughs> Stacy draws a line in the sand at nine babies. <laughs> the best thing she does in this book. 
yes. the fuck is wrong with these children? <laughs> these other people are like, oh yeah, sure, you could borrow our babies. Great. You know, we're going to be at the pub. <laughs> Imagine just handing your baby over to this bunch of 13-year-olds who 10 minutes ago had this idea to construct a float with their own art supplies. And like, <laughs> trail around a horde of babies. Your child and eight other infants. <laughs> All of these parents should be investigated by social services. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they they decide that Charlie's going to drive them around because Charlie has no agency and they're going to use Claudia's art supplies and build a float in her backyard and it'll all be great. Oh, dear. Apparently, Claudia's art supplies include a chassis for, <laughs> or like a trailer. Yes. And a huge quantity of chicken wire. It has never, it was never established what this is built on. Like, <laughs> they never ever mention it. We have to assume there is a, a truck of, like, a base. There's a base of some kind, but we don't know what it is. I think Anne knows as much about floats as she knows about boats. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a fair call. She thinks it's actually floating, I think. <laughs> That makes as much sense as anything else. Yeah, it is extremely unclear in what sense this is a float and not just a sculpture with babies on. Yes. Like, I guess wheels. Maybe it's being dragged on the ground. (laughs) Sparks shooting at the back. (laughs) Bits of fiberglass chipping off. We have no way to know. Like, yeah. Like, you you can't just build a float and someone's... Yeah. None of this makes sense. You need a really big, like, agricultural trailer, <laughs> which Charlie's car can't pull. Yes. <laughs> you need a Massey Ferguson or something. Like, yes, you can do homemade floats, but you need a lorry or a tractor to pull the fuckers. Yeah. You want something very solid to build it on, too. These people like, have yes. never watched a small, small country town's St. Patrick's Day parade and it shows. <laughs> yeah. You need a guy with a tractor. You do. Mm-hmm. You do not just get a teen with his shit car. <laughs> a very reluctant teen. <laughs> I love his terrible arc in this. <laughs> it's delightful. <laughs> Everyone does accept him. Yeah. He comes in for a, a good dose of that humiliation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> going around. Next chapter, Christy goes back to the Preziosos and Jenny and Mrs. P are very excited about the parade. Jenny is kind of salty that she can't be in it herself because she's too old. But Mrs. Prezioso is ecstatically showing Christy the random assortment of things she's put together. She's decided to dress baby Andrea as Queen Andrea, which she talks about like it's a character that we've all heard of. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is not a thing. So she's dressing her as a queen. She has got her a gold crown with fake jewels and a huge wig like they wore in the old days. So I'm picturing like a gigantic Marie Antoinette monstrosity that will like... (laughs) I'm assuming so, yeah. Yeah, it's much, much bigger than a baby. It will not stay on. Christy describes it as looking like the neighbor's cat, which is (laughs) hilarious. Um, And there's like an Elizabethan ruff... And a, just a bunch of random shit, none of which seem, sounds like it's baby-sized. Mm. No. Uh, oh, yes. And then Mrs. Prezioso, it, Christy says, is there anything else I should do to get her ready? Because, like, it looks like Mrs. Prezioso has this all in hand. And she's like, oh, yeah, I want you to figure out how to make her stroller look like a coach. You can use the material in my sewing room. And Christy's like, great. 
This definitely sounds like a thing I can do while minding an infant and a four-year-old who is has her own very specific agenda. (laughs) I know. Like, she's 13 and minding two kids. I have one kid here minding and I get fuck all done during the day, never mind arts and crafts. I know. Yeah. Just about wiped down the high chair table. (laughs) So yeah, off Mrs. Prezioso goes to run errands and go to the planning board of the preschool and whatever the fuck else she gets up to. Uh, Christy instantly spirals and worries that if Andrea doesn't win a prize, Mrs. Prezioso will fire her and the reputation of the club will be in tatters. (laughs) Poor Christy. (laughs) Christy, nobody likes the Prezioso. You don't. Yes. You you would be firing your client. Yeah, I feel like you can do being that. fired by the preziosos could only enhance your reputation. <laughs> like everyone in Studybrook has to know what she's like. They have frequently considered um or like hoped that the preziosos would stop calling them. Like on many occasions. <laughs> yeah. Like the customer's not always right, Christy, you don't have to put up with this. <laughs> and it, yeah, and it's also the thing of like she's kind of your employer, but actually She's your client. Yeah. You can end that relationship. It does not ruin your reputation. You're a freelancer. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but nobody has explained any of this to Christy. Bless her. And she's in a bit of a panic. So she and Jenny try on Andrea's costume, which also includes a long cloak with fake fur. Um, they put on the roof and Andrea instantly throws up a load of milk all over it. It's so funny and predictable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, Christy tries to construct some kind of coach superstructure on the pram out of cardboard, while Jenny unhelpfully sings a medley of songs from The Wizard of Oz. Jenny is determined to perform in some way in the baby parade, even though she's too old. And Christy starts off being like, you know, sympathetic, like, oh, I'm sorry, hon. And then towards the end, she's like, Jenny, I told you you're too old. (laughs) (laughs) Which I I feel. Yeah, Yeah, it's. The, one of the more relatable bits of babysitting, like, we never see them just slightly lose their patience like this. It's it's great. Um, and also, like, Jenny is, is like, by far the worst of all the kids that they ever babysit. So, um, yeah. you know, she's yeah. canonically got that position. Yes. Um, I think I also sort of um, admire them for not completing Jenny's arc in this in very very many other books they would have been like Jenny was so mm-hmm. disappointed to not be in the show we came up with some kind of babysitters club workaround to get her into the show and if this one's like no she's a junior junior member yeah exactly in this one Jenny is an audience member yeah they hired <laughs> yep. um, Logan and Shannon to look after the extra kids who are making a pain of themselves and Jenny just has to be an audience member and yeah. that's that and we don't hear any more about it. Like, good. Sometimes they have to be disappointed when the thing they're asking for is not possible or reasonable to expect. Yes. <laughs> Jenny knows her place eventually. <laughs> she doesn't, but she's working on knowing her place. <laughs> <laughs> she learns her place briefly. Um, next chapter, Jessie is babysitting and her diary entry reflects on how she loves babies and babies are great and adorable and all. But she's beginning to wonder if there might be such a thing as too many babies. And the answer is yes, there is such a thing as too many babies. As you said, sometimes that's one baby. (laughs) Yes, in this case, it is an artificial conglomeration of babies that did not need to be brought together for this particular wild scheme. No. hell? Um, So yeah, Jessie is babysitting Becca and Squirt and... 
then Squirt has been watching Sesame Street because it's approved. It's on Anne's list. But then <laughs> the episode ends and she decides to entertain the kids by going over to Claudia's to unhelpfully watch the others build the float. So <laughs> And offer feedback. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love this chapter, actually. It was good. <laughs> the babysitting yes. is very incidental, but... Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Claudia, Stacy, and Mallory are working on the float. Um, nobody is laughing or talking. Um, they're all like completely focused on separate tasks. So Claudia is constructing a shoe out of chicken wire. Um, I'm impressed that Claudia has like this giant stash of chicken wire just ready to go, apparently. <laughs> Yeah. Because um, this did not come out of the club budget. Yeah, no, because the club budget has, it's specified they pay Charlie with it. Yeah. But not that they bought a whole bunch of chicken wire or a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the rest is just like it was in Claudia's garage or whatever. Sure. Mm. Um, Jesse, looking at the shoe, reflects that like, there doesn't seem to be anywhere to put babies on the shoe <laughs> thing. A minor detail. Yeah. Claudia is not interested in Jesse's feedback. Uh, Stacy is mixing paint, and Jesse thinks that she's probably not mixing up enough paint for a giant shoe, but um, she's basically too intimidated to say anything. Um, Mallory has bought a lot of extremely like day glow pink fabric that she's going to make baby costumes out of, and it's going to be so flammable. It's going to be so flammable. Yes. It is 1000% polyester. It is baby melting in the worst possible sense. Which yes. Is bad enough to start with. <laughs> it was on sale because it was discontinued because they found out it was like a death trap. <laughs> it's, um, it's just asbestos, you guys. <laughs> that wouldn't be flammable. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, you guys. I have to tell you about a. a the- <laughs> I'm sorry, this is completely off topic, but I have to tell you this. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. So my dad, who is like a, a late boomer, um, he he was born in 1954, which I think makes him exactly Anne's age, actually. Hmm. So he, he suddenly, every so often, he'll tell you a horrifying story from his past that like he has not mentioned up to now. So he suddenly came out with this story the other day that um, when he was about 12, his class had like an art teacher come in to do special art lessons with them and their regular teacher hated the art teacher so immediately left the room (laughs) when she turned up and then the art teacher gave them a bunch of clay and told them to like go make some clay models and then also left the room which was a terrible terrible mistake because you cannot leave a room full of tweens unattended with a bunch of clay so Mm -hmm. (laughs) then they also found that the clay was kind of crap and it would not like hold its shape as they tried to sculpt it into things. It just kind of flopped and fell over. So they decided that the only sensible course of action was to have a clay fight. Mm-hmm. So they threw tons of clay at each other and um, had a great time until the teacher came back and was extremely angry because the entire room was a disaster and the teacher's coat had been ruined and <laughs> many other things had been ruined. And I really feel like this was on the teachers for leaving them alone. Like, Yeah, well, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Two, there were two teachers. Mm-hmm. A rookie mistake. But then um, the teachers got curious about why the clay was so bad and it turned out that this was not modelling clay at all. This was something called asbestos clay, 
which was used for making architectural models. Mm. And somebody had accidentally given the kids a huge pile of asbestos clay. <laughs> and yeah, so um, that was how my dad got in an asbestos fight because it was the <laughs> 60s and nobody knew any better. <laughs> he still seems well. <laughs> yes, he's, he's fine. I don't know how everyone else from his class is doing, but... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, given the generation, a lot of them also smoked. It's hard to yeah. untangle that. He actually never smoked, except briefly in the 80s when he was like in his 30s and decided to try and smoke to fit in better because everyone else smoked. But he got some kind of notiony herbal cigarettes from the health food shop and got <laughs> kicked out of a pub because they thought it was a joint. <laughs> he gave up. <laughs> That's amazing. Your dad got kicked out for smoking health food cigarettes. Yes. <laughs> That's a very Jeff story. I know. It is peak Jeff. <laughs> oh, he was definitely wearing Birkenstocks at the time. Actually, it would work for Jeff Schaefer too. <laughs> it kind of would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the 10-year-old deadhead. <laughs> yes, definitely. That's why he went back to California. <laughs> so yeah, so Mallory is making these terrifying costumes out of something that's definitely illegal now. They have a rough down the middle. Yes, they have. Well, she's still just ideating. She has decided that like getting a sewing pattern is too mainstream. So she's like, oh, yes, sketching these things herself. And I don't think Ellen or Anne knows a whole lot about making clothes either. The difficulty levels involved. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesse offers to help with the costume design and Mallory is not having any of it. So Jesse just goes and sits with Don under a tree. Uh Don has brought Lucy Newton. Uh Jesse and Don confer about how the others don't really seem to know what they're doing. And then more babysitters turn up with more babies. And they're like, oh my god, we have so many babies here. This is amazing. And then they realise that there's too many babies and some of the babies cry and Andrea throws up on Lucy, which is hilarious. <laughs> they it. fight over a toy and Claudia is like, can't you guys keep those babies quiet? We're trying to get some work done here. Just not good foreshadowing for the actual event in which all of these babies will be on the thing that you are currently building. I know. With you, <laughs> Claudia. <laughs> Christy reflects that she almost gets mad, but Marianne calms her down because they don't have time for a big fight. And I love that, <laughs> that, like, this would be normally where we'd have a huge big fight and all stop talking to each other, but we don't have time for that. So we're just going to power through. <laughs> They've been here before. Speaking of too many babies, I brought Fiek to visit the baby across the road. Well, me and the baby across the road's mom had a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. So I've never been inside these people's house before. It's really nice. Like they've just moved in a few months, but they've really put like, it's it's like beautifully decorated. Their child is obviously not as much of a grabber and destroyer. <laughs> um, like they have plants, they have books, they have really like beautiful, um, just in a real cozy sort of like, I, I, like I, I love it. It made me feel inferior. It was really nice. <laughs> And the little There's a lot to unpack in that. Big, big toddler, toddler hand friendly sort of egg shaped crayons. And they were in a box and Felix was playing with them. And I was like, okay, once he doesn't eat them. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting on the couch and my cup of tea was on the table in front of me. And he showed me one of the egg crayons. I'm like, yeah, look at that. Don't put it in your... Neatly plops it straight into the really hot cup of tea, which is almost full. Oh no. It sloshes out all over the place. 
I can't fish the crayon out because the tea is too hot. It's hurting my fingers. And the crayon is wax, so it's melting in the tea and it's slippery. That was cool. That is amazing. It's a good thing you're moving away. Yeah. Yeah. Did you... Is it then just like dripping melted wax over the sun? That is such efficient destruction. I love that. (laughs) The very nice lady across the road took the tea away. The crayon, just the like the outer layer had begun to melt. It wasn't melted or anything. It was fine. It just got dried off. She made me another cup of tea and we mopped it all up. But that was probably... Were, no, it wasn't quite as bad as the time I spilled lots of really runny hummus or on the couch of an acquaintance <laughs> whose house I had never been in before during a murder mystery night. The only reason it's not quite as bad is that at least the person who put the crayon in the tea was only 11 months old. I did the hummus thing all by myself. I was sitting on that couch the other night and um, I spilled a little bit of wine on it. And she was like, oh, it's grand. It's probably still got hummus in it. <laughs> Good. It's fine. She also has small children. She understands. <laughs> she I understands. She reassured me a lot about that at the time. When Sophia was about three, we went to visit like a nice neighboring family in their house, and like it was all going grand. And then Sophia went into the kitchen with a doll, and they had a fish in a fish bowl in the kitchen. And Sophia, as she explained later, held up the doll so the doll could have a look at the fish, and then accidentally dropped the doll and so the first we knew of this was an almighty smashing noise and splashing noise oh no and we ran out and like yeah the fishbowl was completely obliterated and the fish was like flopping around in like an inch of water so we had to rescue the fish and put him in a saucepan (laughs) and like clean up an incredible quantity of broken glass and water And get replacement clothes from our hosts uh, because Sophia was completely like drenched and like oh, literally God. shivering oh, no. and it was very embarrassing and I was very apologetic and we left and I don't think we ever were invited back again, actually. <laughs> Fish shouldn't be in bowls. They're too small. So I yes. hope they got a bigger tank. I hope they took the opportunity to get a bigger tank. The fish was so upset that he pooped in the saucepan, which apparently is oh. the thing that fish do when they're upset. That seems like, yeah, that seems reasonable. Oh, I think I'd be upset. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> Moral of the story is none of us can be invited anywhere. <laughs> I I can't think of a specific example, so maybe I can be invited places, but it's probably just that I've blocked them out. But if you go somewhere, you're likely to bring one of us, so. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't risk yeah. it. <laughs> so next chapter um, is a hilariously pissy diary entry from Don. Um, <laughs> I suppose you all think I should be apologising for my behaviour in Claude's yard today, but to tell you the truth, I don't think I should have to. I was only being honest. <laughs> Besides, as the Marshal's sitter, I think I owe it to them to make sure that Eleanor looks as good as possible on the float. I can't believe the parade is only two days away. I, I think often honesty does require an apology, actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Don is babysitting Nina and Eleanor Marshall, and... Um, they're all talking about the parade, obviously, because that's what everyone is talking about. Um, Mrs. Marshall reflects that it's too bad Nina's too old to be on the float. And there are lots of other kids who would like to, but they can't be in the parade because they're too old. 
And that's that. Yes. This book is really reinforcing, like, age brackets for baby parades. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, this is the hill that Ellen Miles is willing to die on. <laughs> So she plays hide-and-seek with the girls who are hilariously bad at hide-and-seek because they only hide in one room behind things that are much smaller than them, which is mm-hmm. extremely realistic. Um, then she takes them over to Claudia's to gawk at Claudia building the float. I love the description. Um, when they reached Claudia's backyard, Don took one look around and went, wanted to run back to the marshals. The float stood in the middle of the yard, looking like a lumpy, streaky red mountain. Claudia is a talented artist, but I had the feeling that something as big as a float wasn't going to be as easy to make as we thought. Why did you ever think it would be easy? It's it's a vehicle. Christy diplomatically says that it looks like Claudia felt confused. <laughs> <laughs> Claudia and Stacy are having a fight because um it's they didn't have enough paint, so it's all like streaky and weird looking, and Stacy counters that the shoe doesn't really look like a shoe. She's like, it's not the paint that's the problem. <laughs> like, I think the paint could still be part of the problem. Feasibly. There can be two problems. I think there's at least yeah. two problems. <laughs> Multiple problems. Yes. Uh, Dom says she refuses to weigh in on whether it looks like a shoe or not, but that there's nowhere to put the babies. And Christy <laughs> is like, oh, it's okay. I have some ideas about that. <laughs> Which Claudia gets very offended at because this is her creative vision, you guys. Uh, she doesn't have any specifics on where to put the babies, but that doesn't mean she wants anyone else to make suggestions. Yeah. The shoe design in itself. I actually have seen a few different attempts at making a shoe, as in the old lady who lived in the shoe, be habitable in some way or another. And um, basically you have to expand it to the size of a two-story mini house <laughs> to be able to fit yeah. people in it because shoes are just not conducive to that size. They're the wrong yeah. shape. I think it could have been kind of funny if they made a sandal and just had people poking out of it, but you can't stuff babies into the shoe. Like, <laughs> not babies, not really adults. You just, you just can't do that. It is, yeah. So you're gonna, you're gonna have your, your lumpy chicken wire red mountain and basically that's it. I do wonder if people in the, I, in the audience actually knew what it was. <laughs> yeah, I would love to have got something from the POV of the people in the audience. Like, what <laughs> yes. is happening? <laughs> then Mallory turns up with the outfits that she's made um, which yes look like little clown suits with ruffles down the front um, and they're not really what anyone had in mind for a bunch of like nursery rhyme kids uh, Stacy starts nitpicking about how the colour clashes with the um, dubious colour of the shoe and Mallory is like the fabric was on sale <laughs> <laughs> Then they realise that they have not thought about what the babysitters are going to wear on the float and Mallory freaks out because she has, doesn't have time to sew seven more costumes and everyone's going to have to make their own costumes and Christy is very pissy about this. It's like, as if we've got time. Nobody has thought any of this through. This is the most realistic that any of the babysitters' big projects has ever been. Like, yes. this is how it would happen if you were 13 and you and your friends tried to put together a float for a parade. Like, it would be a disaster. I guess they've done this before and it usually ends to some degree badly, but this one it's particularly bad because they were like, oh, I, we did a fucking um, talent show and that was fine. And maybe <laughs> they just didn't realise that they were scaling up. But yes, um, I think. But... This is particularly bad. <laughs> I, it's the publicness of it and the fact that they um, they just 
like told all these parents we're going to enter your babies in the parade yes. <laughs> and then made a Haynes but like and that in several cases the parents were like here take this baby make it parade ready <laughs> yeah also then they put the babies in their costumes and the babies start crying and Dawn speculates that they're crying because their costumes look so stupid and Mallory does not <laughs> see the funny side of this <laughs> Mallory then cries so it's like nine babies plus Mallory in floods of tears (laughs) Jessie tried to comfort her but Mal pushed her away you probably think they look dumb too she said Jessie stepped back you said it I didn't (laughs) I think this is the meanest Jessie has ever been Jessie hasn't actually done anything to Mal so far except for being genuinely puzzled as to how the babies were gonna be misty of (laughs) Chinookty themed so, yeah, no, this, this, I mean, that's justified. Like, Jessie's reaching breaking point here. It's just unusual for Jessie to escalate any situation like this. She's normally very measured. Fair. Uh, all the babies cry. All the babysitters yell. Don takes the Marshall kids home and decides that she just refuses to put Nina in the pink clown suit and, like, puts together a totally normal outfit involving a dress and shoes and stuff. Um, and tells Mrs. Marshall that this is what Eleanor should wear in the in the parade. Christy wakes up on Saturday morning. It's the day of the baby parade. Uh, she is freaking out. She has realized this is a disaster. Um, <laughs> she knows her float is bad. She knows they have too many babies. She's worried that Mrs. Prezioso will murder her if Andrea doesn't win a prize. Someone called Slim Peabody is going to be Grand Marshal of the parade. <laughs> I love the whole Slim Peabody shit. Yeah, it's hilarious. He was apparently Watson's favourite star when Watson was a kid because he loved to sing cowboy songs. Christy is furious at this and wishes that they'd got Cam Geary to lead the parade instead. (laughs) I think Cam Geary has better things to do. Couldn't they get someone from TikTok? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely Cam Geary is not going to. Also, like, Marianne is the Cam Geary fan. No, another celebrity. Jesus Christ, invent one. <laughs> Although I, I do like Slim Peabody as a as a terrible washed up celebrity. That's I yeah, mean, yes, that's great. <laughs> I I love I love all of the Slim Peabody representation in this. But like, yes. yeah, Christy is not here for it. Sam unhelpfully says that the Girl Scouts have made a really professional float. <laughs> My notes just say fuck the Girl Scouts. <laughs> I know the theme is save the animals, and the babies are dressed as endangered species. <laughs> That is a try-hard float, though. I'm sorry. I know. Is, <laughs> the theme of my baby's float is climate change. <laughs> I'm here to really depress you all. Yeah, exactly. Like, would you? Yeah, the the girls' kids definitely had help from like their scout leaders, though. <laughs> definitely. They get ready. Um, Christy is freaking out. Uh, Charlie takes her into the Prezioso house, where she has to help Mrs. Prezioso get Andrea ready. Mm-hmm. Uh. Mrs. Prezioso is just getting on her own costume because she's decided this is a good excuse to put on her own costume. Christy, like, puts the ruff on Andrea and she's basically done. I think she already had the other stuff on. And then she gets the pram out and gets it ready. It's a bit wonky looking. It has, stuff has happened to it in the time since Christy (laughs) built it. (laughs) Uh, yes. Jessie ha- Je- sorry, Jenny has covered it with stickers um, <laughs> to kind of enhance the overall look and the um, the wheels and one of the horse's ears are like bent and ripped <laughs> and Christy's like, it's probably fine though. It's, it's be grand. Just put her in there and there you go. 
<laughs> yeah. She she thinks that maybe the judges won't be able to see that this is like Care Bears and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle and Barbie stickers. <laughs> and he is just like, merch this thing up to the eyes. <laughs> this is actually, there's a ton of like actual specific IP mentions in this. Yeah. I remember I was really shocked. I skipped to a much later book in the series and I was really shocked when they mentioned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah. They've mentioned of... it before. They... they mentioned it in the yeah. terrible Native American fundraiser book. But I hadn't oh, read yeah. that <laughs> at the time. I mean, when I was actually a kid reading these. Because yeah. in the like 80s books, no. they don't talk about actual 80s kids TV and stuff. But apparently they still can't invoke Barney in this. <laughs> No. No. That <laughs> Barney was, was beneath them. Yeah. <laughs> Be unwholesome or something. So, yeah, Christy has basically turned up to bring the pram around from the back of the house to the front. And then she's done. I do not understand why she had to turn up. She's here to see Mrs. Prezioso in her crazy outfit. I mean, we're all here to see mm-hmm. this. I cannot wait to go through all the outfits at the end. She's gone all out on this. Yep. There is a lot of questionable fashion. Um, Christy goes home, frantically throws together a costume um, that is supposed to be the old woman who lives in a shoe. Um, Gets Emily Michelle into her pink clown outfit, which Emily Michelle is not happy about. (laughs) She's a a child of taste. (laughs) Yes. Everyone just stares mutely at them. And then her mom is like, why is Emily dressed like a clown? And Christy's like, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) then um i love this i love i love how just everything is disintegrating (laughs) charlie takes her into claudia's house to collect the float charlie is appalled (laughs) (laughs) the state of the float i'm just the state of everything here yes He insists on wearing a disguise. Yes. To drive the float. A hat and sunglasses, which, as we've learned in these books, makes a person completely unrecognisable. Except in this case. I I think um, the junk bucket is uh, just too recognisable. too distinctive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Charlie is not happy. Claudia tells him to shut up because they're paying him good money to do this. I do not think they're paying him good money. No, they acknowledge that it's actually not enough money. There, there isn't enough money in the world. But no. They're paying him some money to do this. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> the float looked as awful as ever once it was hitched to the junk bucket. It was just a giant reddish blob with long snaky things hanging off it. What are those? asked Charlie, pointing to one. <laughs> Shoelaces, said Claude firmly. <laughs> Christy wonders if it's too late to cancel and Claudia is like, yes, it's too late to cancel. We just have to do this anyway. <laughs> um, we've never seen them try to back out of something either. They're always like, no, the show must yeah, go I on. And this is like, no, fuck this. We would do anything to get out of this. <laughs> then, um, yeah, they get to the parade route and the baby's parents are standing around looking worried, which is like... <laughs> I love this. Nobody has deluded faith in them. Like, the parents know this is terrible. The babysitters know this is terrible. The babies know this is terrible. <laughs> the babies are good sports, at least for the beginning of it. Yes. Um, compared against some of the rival floats. <laughs> yes, and compared against the babysitters who have all stopped talking to each other. Just that if you're going to do something this resolutely bad, um, the really only way to get through it with any dignity is to like lean into it and be like yay we're here this is great because like 
a hint of tension among the people doing the embarrassing show that isn't going well yes. is awful for your audience. If they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, they're having a good time. They're doing whatever it is they're doing. I don't really understand it, but sure. Um, they can deal with that. But it is so stressful to be an audience member watching people have a bad time on stage because <laughs> they know it's terrible. Like, this is just, just everybody goes home and does their best to forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Christy is mad at Dawn because Dawn has put Eleanor in a good non-clown outfit. Um, yes. Dawn is mad at Claudia because the float looks like shit. Claudia is mad at Stacy. Um, but like it or not, they're being dragged through the streets on this poorly described <laughs> float. <laughs> it does have a railing, thankfully. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I am... We're not convinced by the railing, but it exists. <laughs> picturing Claudia with like her welding equipment staying up far into the night. <laughs> like, at least we're not dropping a baby off the side. There's like oh. a flash dance montage, but a lot less classy, a lot more <laughs> sort of desperate. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think... The, Christy irately douses the babies in sunblock and Mallory puts bonnets on them so that they won't get sunburned because baby care is paramount at all times. <laughs> Jesse and Mal are blown away by Slim Peabody because he has a horse. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. They briefly bond over this and then remember that they're meant to be mad at each other and stop talking. Um, <laughs> they sort of adhere the babies to the shoe as best they can. Thank God Tigger's not there. Thank God. <laughs> I know. Every scene in these books that Tigger isn't in is enhanced by Tigger not being there. <laughs> That's true. And like, all of us like cats. <laughs> yes. Like, no harm to Tigger as an individual, but like, a situation with like, things happening is rarely enhanced by a confused animal that just wants yes. to be home. <laughs> so they're dragged along the, through the streets <laughs> on their tumbril. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm picturing like the crowd is waving and cheering at all the floats and then they just fall silent <laughs> and this one goes by. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what's happening. Yes. yes. They're trying to read the signs that Claude has put up on the side, which are <laughs> poorly spelled and kind of incoherent because nobody has managed what? to do the spell check for Claude. Why are the babies dressed as clowns? <laughs> exactly. Why are they clowns? What? Is that a circus tent? <laughs> yeah, Claudia has hastily written, there was an old woman who lived in a show on these banners. <laughs> and... These are, uh, yeah, nobody had time to check her spelling and they, they, um, this is the only reason anyone can tell what their float is supposed to represent. (laughs) There were seven old women who lived in a shoe. They had nine children and they didn't know what to do. Yeah, I'm unclear on what everyone other than, like, are they all dressed as the old woman? Like, it's unclear what the other babysitters are. Christy said she was going to dress as the old woman and they rest, the rest of them. I know, that's the weird thing, that some of them appeared to be wearing, attempting some form of costume. I think they said they were going to be her older children. Okay. Right. But So Dawn apparently looks like some kind of beachcomber, which (laughs) I have to say, I could not identify a beachcomber on site. Maybe if they had a metal detector or something. (laughs) Um, Like... Yeah, so it's 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 not going to be clear to anybody. Look, I'm assuming that actually Dawn resembled some kind of beach bum, but they couldn't say bum. <laughs> yes, I think that's okay. Exactly. Fair enough. Christy thinks she can hear people laughing, but she just stares straight ahead and tries to kind of dissociate. 
It's um, <laughs> the only way you could get through this. Yeah. I've been to gigs like that. Then she is appalled to see how good the other flights, fl- the other floats are. Um, yes. There's a living merry-go-round where the babies are the horses. Um, sort of like it. It kind of sounds like they're impaled on poles, but I assume they're not <laughs> impaled on poles. Yeah, it does. The girls' case float is amazing, but the babies are real mad and not enjoying their costumes. So Christy can take some consolation in that. Some of them are crying under their masks, which is hilarious <laughs> they have and masks terrible. On. Yeah. I mean, don't you have a mask on a baby for any length of time? No, only for long enough to take a picture. Exactly. There's also a bunch of bands playing. There's a banjo band and a marching band, but Christy and Co are stuck next to a bagpipe band. <laughs> <laughs> They're so mad. <laughs> I I uh, I fully relate to this. The the two worst hangovers of my life, or two of the worst, both coincided with the annual village festival in the village I used to live in. Uh, which um, it, I woke up one morning and was like, "Oh my god, is that a bagpiper outside? Just really, really close <laughs> oh, by." No. And then the second year, it happened again, <laughs> and I was like, oh, "This no. is adding insult to insult to injury." <laughs> Oh no. I must have told this God. story on the podcast before, but it was really bad, you guys. <laughs> it sounds horrendous. We're not Scottish. This is not a country for bagpipes. You can have them, but it's kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, there there is a there is an indigenous kind of pipes, but it's not really in marching bands. Like it's And it also doesn't sound as Yeah. They were the Illin pipes were what they used instead of bagpipes in the soundtrack for the movie Braveheart. Because they were like, but bagpipes sound crap. <laughs> so. Yeah, the Illin pipes are pretty great. I, I think I would still have been a bit regretful to wake up hungover to the Illin pipes, but less so. I was about to say, so. yeah, no, you still don't want that with a hangover. Bagpipes are such a stereotypical, like, assault on the senses, though. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're best heard from very far away. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, Christy is just being tortured at this point. Um... <laughs> Then Charlie begins a dark night of the soul because a bunch of his peers have seen him. <laughs> they have seen through his costume. They're all making fun and pointing and laughing. Um, Christy says, I could almost see the steam coming out of Charlie's ears. I was going to be hearing about this for a long, long time. I started to figure out how many nights I would have to take out the garbage room in order to make up for the parade. <laughs> he will long be moved out before you repay that debt, Christy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Then it gets worse because not only are some boys making fun of Charlie, but some girls are making fun of Charlie. No. And Charlie at this point just has to fake his own death and leave town. It's the only way. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, the parade goes on, as Christy says, for what feels like years. They go at an incredibly slow pace. Um, <laughs> they have to, because otherwise the babies will fall off all the floats. <laughs> That's true. And the float will disintegrate. <laughs> we are still unclear on whether it has any kind of wheels or structure to it. It's, it's so vague. It's just grinding with sparks <laughs> flying in all directions. Like, even if it had said... My dad has a large flatbed trailer yes, we can that's use. All we needed, or somebody to have a pickup truck or anything. Yeah. Then the babies kick off, the twins start screaming, Squirt is upset by the bagpipes, <laughs> Eleanor is just trying to escape um, <laughs> and has got some wet paint on her dress. Babies are crawling all over the float, she says, as soon as Stacey or Claudia... This is so unsafe! As soon as Stacey or Claudia got one settled, another one would take off. 
the paint is still wet because of course it is. Oh, because oh of God. course it is. <laughs> I would not put this baby on a float with like five adults <laughs> looking after him because I'm, he would find a way to dive off it head first. That's oh. why you weld on a guardrail. <laughs> a guardrail is not going to stop a baby jumping off the float. <laughs> this book is terrible and it should feel terrible. I, I mean, this chapter knows that everything is terrible like this is yeah i think we're meant to be laughing at christy at this point like no i know but just but also the stuff that goes unacknowledged like how does the float even work (laughs) how how are the babies alive like yeah the fact that the worst thing that happens is emily michelle throws up is a miracle yeah i mean i'm not i'm not saying i'm some kind of expert who's built a float and had nine babies in a baby parade successfully or anything but it's very clear that neither is Ellen or Anne. Uh-huh. I, I don't think many people have, because why would you have nine babies in a baby parade? Why would you put... Nobody would put... There are some There are some things that you don't need to test. <laughs> yeah, I don't need the lived experience. Would it be in any way plausible to for, for seven teenagers to mine nine babies on a parade float? Fuck no, is the answer. <laughs> Fuck no is just the obvious clear answer. A homemade parade float made of chicken wire and we're really unclear on what else. Like what went over the wire? Is it paper mache? I assume it's paper mache. Um, Yeah, I would have to be, I guess. I mean, that's that's how I would do it if I had to do a giant shoe. Maybe it's asbestos clay for making architectural models. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, finally this ends. They go past the judges. Christy can't bring herself to smile and wave. Christy is praying for the sweet release of death. <laughs> that that bit's not a direct quote. Not a direct <laughs> quote, but it's heavily implied, I think. <laughs> it, it can be understood. The parade end, ends up in a little park by a shopping centre, um, where Christy just, like, sits and fumes. Um, Charlie leaves. He says he, he doesn't want any more to do with any of this. He'll come he back to collect fails. her when it's over. <laughs> Poor Charlie. Christy can't even resent him for this. No, not at all. Um, The babies at this point have cried themselves to sleep, but the babysitters are still mad. (laughs) They pass the time by pointing out better floats to the babies. There's a Star Wars float. There's a Wizard of Oz float. They're really just pushing the boat out on the IPs today. Mm. Yeah. I think this must be people who've come to town with their float and their babies specifically to like... (laughs) Like, they've driven here from, like, Colorado. Oh, yes, we're traveling float people. <laughs> they're, they're just, um, like, baby parade shopping. There aren't that many of these things. And once you've made a float, you got to get the use out of That's it. That's true. Yeah. It's an investment. Um, There's lots of blinged out strollers and wagons and go-karts. And Christy feels that... um. At least Andrea's stroller is not too over the top, which she had worried it was. But now she's worried that it was too boring. Um, someone has got a wagon that's decorated to look like a scene from Goodnight Moon. And Christy says that Goodnight Moon is one of her favourite books. And like, I stand Goodnight Moon. Everyone stands Goodnight Moon. But it's real weird for a 13-year-old to say that Goodnight Moon is one of her favourite books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... You can move on to chapter books, Christy. I think you're ready for them. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> then Slim Good Buddy proceeds to entertain the crowd for about 10 minutes. Um, he <laughs> sings about, he yodels, he sings about being an old cowhand from the Rio Grande. Um, Christy is... She's not here for it. She's extremely ready for him to be done. She's very <laughs> scathing about him in his Yes. I love. I hope Watson is having such yes. a good time. <laughs> what, what, Watson, this is the happiest day of Watson, Watson's life, including his two wedding days. Christy <laughs> uh, is extremely angry at Slim, and it sounds like one of the judges is as well, because Slim offers to do an encore, and the judge is like, "No, that won't be necessary." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You have delighted us for long enough. <laughs> um. Third prize for the go-karts goes to a baby dressed as Rambo, which like, <laughs> this is this is kind of up there with the the Stephen King references in terms of like things I would not have thought Anne wanted us to know about. <laughs> but I think at this stage, everyone just knew what Rambo, I knew exactly what mm. Rambo looked like. I don't think I've ever seen Rambo. I certainly hadn't as a youngster. I was like not shown. I think you can also tie a strip of cloth around your baby's head and be like, it's Rambo. <laughs> And put him in a sleeveless, well, yeah. sleeveless. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm just vest. picturing him with like fake blood and like a bandolier of bullets and <laughs> stuff like that. But, oh yeah, no, okay. you gotta do all that yeah, though as well. I mean, it would be really easy to dress a baby, and it would be really funny and cute. You gotta, you also gotta hold this knife between your teeth <laughs> for the whole like forty minutes. Just give them, just give them the the a plastic knife. They will put it in their mouth. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> if you could beat up some of the other babies, that'd be great. A teething ring shaped like a, like a knife. <laughs> That'll do. So Queen Andrea wins first prize for decorated pram. And Christy is very relieved. Her job is safe even if the babysitter's club breaks up, which looks entirely possible to her. <laughs> oh, bless. Um, then the babysitters continue to sit around in furious silence. Uh, the parents come back to get their babies and look pretty relieved to see that they're still in one piece. Like, <laughs> why, why, why did you, yeah, why did you enlist your babies in this endeavor? Maybe you didn't think it through, and it was you standing in the um, in the audience watching this float go by <laughs> with your precious child on board when you went. This is a terrible mistake. <laughs> is it a bad enough mistake for me to leap up onto the float and retrieve my child, or should I try and ride this out and hope that the baby won't fall and be crushed under the the wheels of the next float along like- <laughs> of the living carousel? Nobody wants to be the first parent to jump up there and rescue their baby. <laughs> yeah. Social constraints are such a big thing. (laughs) So Charlie comes as long as everyone's... Once everyone's gone away, Charlie comes back to drive the girls home because he is something of a good sport still. (laughs) He's doing his best. He had to come back to get Emily. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of them were... (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. He also gives everyone else a lift, which is very decent of him. Um, he asks Christy what he should do with the float and she besieges him to take it to the dump and specifically make sure it gets put in the compactor, which I laughed at a lot. <laughs> yes. That is funny, but is this a trailer belonging to Claudia? <laughs> I don't think Anne knows how floats work at all. Like, she doesn't seem to realise that it's a vehicle with some crap on it. Yeah. yeah. It's just a trailer. It's a trailer. <laughs> With some stuff on. (laughs) Well, Mr. Kishi, you never have to worry about that trailer again. I took care of it for you. What? (laughs) 
No need to thank me. It's either Anne or Ellen. One of them does not know what a float is. Both of them don't know what a float is. I think. <laughs> no, clearly, if if he, if only one of them knew, and neither does like whoever was editing. Nobody this. at Scholastic knows. We barely know, but we know it's not this. <laughs> I mean, I've been on one. I was dressed as a flower pot. Oh. <laughs> I am a book editor. And I would not have let this book pass without sending a very diplomatic note to the author saying that floats... Don't work like that. Don't work like this. Exactly. They don't float? They don't float. There's a whole bunch of, like, curry bits in underneath that make the float go. Like, I, I'm i upset at the copy editor. They, they have, like forsaken their faith our sacred trust where you have to like not let the author embarrass themselves too badly <laughs> yeah i've seen some extremely um popular book series where towards the kind of sixth or seventh book that has gone like triple platinum or the equivalent um, they've been like we don't really need a copy editor anymore just bung it out there people will read it yeah yeah, um, yeah. And i do wonder if that's what's going on here. Scholastic decided there there wasn't room in the budget for anyone to make sure this made sense. <laughs> I think that is what's happening, to be fair. Because, I mean, like, floats have to be built on the back of some sort of solid wheeled contraption is not actually obscure knowledge. Personally and professionally, I'm upset by this. <laughs> I think that's justified. So, Christy wrestles Emily out of her clown costume and puts her into human clothes um, and offloads Emily onto Nanny, who is like, okay, you can go grieve your dreams now. <laughs> so Christy goes up and thinks about how um, they've all learned a lesson because they should have teamwork, blah, 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 blah. And now they're all mad at each other. So she rings Marianne to make up. And it turns out Marianne was just on the point of ringing her to make up. And then they all make up and bond about how much they hate Slim Peabody and bagpipes. <laughs> I mean, That's nice. It's a great story after after yes. all. It was like, oh, do you remember the time we did something unbelievably terrible? Um, not, <laughs> it, not like morally terrible, but <laughs> excruciating. <laughs> and it just didn't turn around. There was no good ending. We did not snatch victory from the jaws of defeat it was just terrible <laughs> we snatched defeat from the jaws of defeat and then we decided we had learned a lesson about teamwork because that was the best we could do because yeah. we had to find something redeeming in this whole episode <laughs> the only way we could process our trauma was by fitting it into a narrative and this is what we're doing charlie comes yeah. home and says it was very satisfying to watch this thing get crushed bless <laughs> i i think it might have done christy some good to go and see that as well actually yeah although like Christy had a humiliating episode. This has, like, destroyed Charlie's social life for the remainder of his high school career. <laughs> True. I I think that um, Christy apologises again and Charlie says, it's fine, uh, which makes me think he has already spent his um, fee on uh, weed. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, who would begrudge him the consolations that are available to him? <laughs> yes. Poor Charlie. So we wrap up with the girls at a meeting on the following Monday. Everyone has made up. Uh, Mrs. Prezioso is still ecstatic uh, because she has got a bunch of pictures printed up of the parade. Jessie and Mallory are testing out the perfume samplers from a magazine, which gave me such a powerful wave of nostalgia. <laughs> Claudia has got Snickers for most of them and low salt Triscuits for Don and Stacy, which like, <laughs> this has to be a sly wink from Ellen at like 
what is the most depressing snack I can possibly invent. <laughs> like, the worst thing about that is, like, there. I know Dawn is into health food for health food's sake, but Stacy does not need to eat a low salt no, diet. No, yeah. have salt. This is not the first time we've seen her have low salt stuff as well. Like, mm-hmm. can she not have one vice? For let, God's sake. Let her eat crisps. <laughs> Pringles potato chips. <laughs> Apostrophe S. <laughs> Stacy goes through the treasury. They have enough money for a pizza party, but not enough for extra pepperoni because they spent it on welding equipment. Um, <laughs> they reflect that the whole thing was a disaster, uh, but they've learned an important lesson. And also several mothers from the baby class call to get them to babysit their babies. So um, <laughs> capitalism wins the end. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it was a, a successful marketing enterprise, but at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I guess they learned that there's no such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> oh my god, that actually is the moral of this. <laughs> However hard you screw up, people are gonna want cheap babysitting, so. Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's do some costumes. Yes. Our theoretical example Claudia outfit is very weak sauce. Claudia is always up on the latest trend, whether it's big black shoes, tie-dyed leggings, or cool hats. I pictured, I instantly pictured uh, Clarissa Explains It All. Yes. That is absolutely what's being described. Boom into my head is, is, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, fair. But that is a very, very low effort description. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, at the graduation, Christy has glammed up and worn a skirt with her turtleneck instead of jeans. Yeah, she's trying to seduce Don. Oh, God. So that she can wreck his home in the manner of babysitters (laughs) everywhere. God. (laughs) So she has decided to wear a skirt. (laughs) That floozy. Yep. There you go. Um, Jenny is described as having previously looked like a model in a clothing catalogue wearing prim white dresses with yards of lace matching socks and hair ribbons but now she looks more like a normal little girl um i'm kind of disappointed we didn't get a description but i'm guessing corduroy dungarees all the way <laughs> that, those were the other clothes she owned at one yeah. stage yes child in lego ad from 70s yes Claudia, then we get a proper, proper Claudia outfit. Claudia, as usual, was wearing some pretty wild earrings that day. And of course, they were coordinated with her outfit. Here's what she was wearing. An oversized red blouse with black buttons, green leggings with white tie-dyed streaks, and black high-top sneakers with all kinds of buckles and snaps on them. The laces were untied, which I guess is the cool way to wear them. I'd be tripping over them all day, but Claude can pull it off. Can you guess what her earrings were? Dangling watermelon slices. Get it? She was dressed like a watermelon head to toe. I love this. It's great, apart from yes. the untied laces. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which would be instant death. I do wonder if that was like, they tried doing that for a year in fashion magazines and then everybody decided we have to come up with a different way to <laughs> to be fashionable. <laughs> there have been too many incidents. <laughs> oh no. I can fully believe that. Um, yeah, the costumes are neon pink little clown suits with ruffles down the front. <laughs> Mrs. Prezioso's costume. Then I saw what Mrs. P was wearing. Did you ever have to pretend you were having a coughing fit in order to cover up a giggle that slipped out? That's what I had to do. Mrs. P was dressed up as one of the Queen's guards. She was wearing this red uniform. She must have rented it from a costume place with big black boots and one of those high, high furry black hats that look like an animal nesting on top of your head. Fake medals were pinned all over her chest. She's dressed as a um, beef eater. 
No, not a beef eater. Beef eaters are the got the yeoman oh, warders. Sorry, yes. No, she's dressed as a the the changing of the guard at yes, Buckingham those Palace. Guys. Yeah. 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 Um a Buckingham Palace guard. That's yes. the name. <laughs> she's dressed as <laughs> sure. It's so late. We're tired. Also though she is like Jen- she's got Jenny to yassify her. Uh, wait a minute, I want you to check something for me. She ran downstairs. What do you think of my makeup? She asked. What did I think? I thought it looked like Jenny had been the makeup artist. It looks great, I said, trying to sound enthusiastic. Thanks, she said. Jenny helped a lot. I knew it. (laughs) I think she's a good sport to let Jenny do this for her, honestly. (laughs) She has grown as a person because she would not have stood for this in the early books. It is hilarious just how much she does not give a fuck. And I'm wondering, yeah... She's, I, I'm wondering if Charlie introduced her to his weed dealer or something because she just <laughs> seems a lot more chill than she used to be. Something yeah. is happening with her, yeah. She's gone all out for this, but she doesn't seem to care that much about the results. Um, yeah. yeah, she's just having a lot of fun trying mm-hmm. and is like, okay, you made a bizarre cardboard like contraption for me to put my baby in. I'm going to turn up in this... like. Buckingham Palace costume and have a great time. And apparently it yes. won, so yeah. Yeah, it, it worked. Um, <laughs> Christie's old woman costume is a frumpy looking blouse and one of her mom's skirts, which oh. sick burn on her mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, Claudia <laughs> is wearing a flowery dress that used to be Mimi's as a costume, oh. which sick burn on Mimi, may she rest in peace. <laughs> Oh, that's a phrase we did not think we would use. <laughs> I know. Oh. <laughs> Look, here we are. <laughs> um, yes, Dawn is dressed sort of like a beachcomber. Marianne looks like Raggedy Ann using parts of an old Halloween costume. And Jessie is wearing some sort of ballet getup. Stacy is wearing an old sweatshirt that says New York, the Big Apple. And Mallory is dressed as she normally is. <laughs> okay, for sure, though, um, Christy, Claudia and... Dawn are who's represented in the Hodges Swallow cover. Yes, definitely. Mm. So that is Christie's old woman outfit. It's just a terrible rendering of what's described there. Mm. Yeah, it looks like an old woman who runs a successful business. Yeah. Also, the sickest burn here is on Mallory. Just <laughs> in her usual clothes. Just didn't even fucking try. Tragic. Yeah. I but like, but Jessie wore her ballet gear. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Jessie has one mode, and it is ballet. <laughs> yeah. That's I true. mean, That's Dawn true. has turned up in a surf thing because she's clearly still mad that they didn't do a surf float. Yes. And Stacy is mad they didn't do the New York one. <laughs> and you know if Jessie had suggested a float, it would have been a ballet float. And I think, honestly, Ellen just forgot to put that paragraph in. Probably. Yeah. Karen, I got a question for you. <laughs> oh, I forgot this was coming. Is everyone terrible? Um, who is terrible in this? Uh, everyone's ill-advised. Everyone is ill-advised. Um, <laughs> they make some poor decisions, possibly based on past performance. Um, nobody is terrible. Uh, Slim Peabody is hilarious. <laughs> Charlie once again is a good, is the best of all the good sports. Uh, Mrs. Pretziozo is usually terrible, and she's like, yeah, she's just. 
living her best life here. Um, she, she's she, a bit ditzy, but she possibly should have given um, some more like instructions and help to Christy. But <laughs> I guess she was too busy planning that daycare center. I think she's lying. Okay, yeah, it's the orgies. <laughs> oh my god, she's having she's an affair with Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say she's smoking weed with Charlie, but actually these two ideas shouldn't go together. No. She is definitely terrible if she's having an affair with Charlie. He's much too young for Char- Charlie is below the age of consent, so I, let's just say he's selling her drugs. Yeah, okay, yes, that's it. that's much more wholesome. But she's also definitely having an affair, and that's why Mr. Prezioso isn't around either. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll buy it. Uh, I, I don't think anyone is actually actively terrible in this. Um, yeah, this is the least good sport that we've ever seen Charlie be, and he's still a hugely good sport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just absenting yourself from a situation in which you you cannot ha- happily be there any longer is that's that's you know just self care and yeah. still returning to fulfill your responsibilities yeah, at the yeah. end of it. Like yeah, <laughs> and take this thing to yeah. the dump. No, that's fair. His social life had just been utterly destroyed. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> Uh, I think otherwise everyone is uh, everyone is a bit unhinged, but mostly fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think um, I think I agree with that. <sighs> yeah. Our next book is going to be the heavily foreshadowed Marianne Mrs. Logan. Uh, as in five pounds of candy in it for you <laughs> is missing him. Not she is the spouse of Logan. Um, I realize that's quite unclear. <laughs> spoken out loud. It would be Mrs. Bruno. Oh, it's yeah. fine. Yes. I thought you were going to say that, like, she aims at him <laughs> with a projectile weapon of some kind, but not successfully. But she's famously uncoordinated, so doesn't hit. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not that. I'm kind of excited if we're going to see more of Logan's, like, inept wooing techniques, because, like, that was pretty <laughs> hilarious last time. Either that or he will have suddenly become ept. <laughs> Maybe that'd be more lasagna. <laughs> Ooh. The lasagna was good. The five pounds of chocolate was bizarre. Yes. If he'd stopped with the lasagna, it might have gone okay. Yeah, I think the five pounds of chocolate was his mistake. Well, that and the jewellery and, and the, the jewellery. And his entire family being locked up in the kitchen. And <laughs> Okay, there was a lot of mistakes. Tune in next week, guys, for Lasagna Part 2, the lasagna Right, the Duolingo owl has been yelling at me for the past, like, 30 minutes. Oh, um, God, so yes. I gotta go. I need, to, yeah. I need to do my Greek. All right, hit us up on the social. <laughs> We're on the usual places. I don't know how long I'm going to be on Twitter because it's leeching my soul away. We're not joining threads because we're not allowed to join threads in the EU because the terms of service are so disadvantageous. So don't join threads, you guys. (laughs) They'll sell your data. Is everyone terrible? Zuckerberg is terrible. Zuckerberg is terrible. (laughs) We know this. Especially Musk. Anyway. (laughs) Especially Musk. We hate them both. I hope they both lose the cage fight or whatever the fuck they think they're going to do. Yeah, I hope they just sort of grapple and fall over and like both get lots of cuts and bruises <laughs> they get they both get hauled off crying and clutching their knees like um footballers exactly yeah um yeah so in some donate to our kofi and, um, <laughs> i said it i said the word you guys Good work. i used a verb that actually insinuated what it's for and um the moral of the episode is um always weld a guardrail onto your ill-advised float <laughs> Also, nine babies is too many. Also, perhaps a smaller number of babies can also be too many. (laughs) Even down to as little as one.
Thank <laughs> you.